What's up, guys? This is the Comic Vine podcast for the week of September 21st, 2012. Steve Holt. <laughs> Steve Holt. Uh-huh. And? And that's all the energy that's, that's I've got. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Great crap. Bye, guys. Well, okay. So, <laughs> Tony and I, actually, we went to see uh, Batman Live. Batman Live. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... A stage performance of uh, Batman that is currently yeah. on tour. Not a musical. States. Not a musical. I thought it was, but it's I kind of did too. I wasn't sure, but I was. It was more like is a, is a, is a, is a, Soleil meets a, Batman. A live as a, a stage production. Yeah, I went to one of those at a carnival once. Or not a carnival at a yeah. Magic Mountain. Um, we we will do some sort of write up review something. Um, sure. I I think the 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 short what we could say, and I, we're probably in agreement that. It was pretty cheesy at time. It's yeah. it's a it's now this is a tricky part. This may not be so short. It's good for all ages. It's good for the young. I mean, the cheesiness works with young viewers, but the the second part gets a little kind of a little dark. You know, Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But um, I, I think it's still good. I for, felt like for a all lot ages. of it was taken from the video game too. Yeah. Mm. Weird. Yeah, especially the spoiler scarecrow. <gasps> Anyway, I, I hated anyway. that part. I was thinking about that part too. It's like, really? wait, does he have the syringe fingers or? Uh, no, okay, it's not that elaborate. But that, like that was an Ar- Arkham <laughs> Asylum. Yeah, when you yeah. had the, the gigantic, oh, the giant scarecrow, scarecrow and you got to walk. I was just cursed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that part. That was a little rough. I mean, it was it was it wasn't difficult. It's just no. a pain that you know, it's, it's go, tedious. Stop, yeah. go, stop. Like, anyways, I really um, like the character design in general, though. Yeah, like the- I there's a really good cosplayer. At San Diego, Ooh. dressed like that. I mean, I'm sure that's not the first time it's right, been. Probably not. But, but you know, that like kind of shirtless and the, the the syringes on the fingers. And, yeah. So that's good. So this is comic book talk, not video game talk. Nope. Sarah, what are you talking about? Video games? Jeez. Um. But yeah, it's going back to Batman Live it's a theater <laughs> talk. So it it was <laughs> cheesy. Um. There's some good performance, some eh performances. Uh. Some of the fights I thought were a little cheesy. Some not so bad. Um, so it, I, I, I'd say it was good overall, not great, but it's definitely, it's, 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 I think it's it, good for the be, kids it'll be good and the family. Kids, but I think a lot of kids were scared. I don't know. Maybe. I thought they were scared. It's also, it's, that was the Thursday night for, for kids. That was ridiculous. Uh, the thing I was confused about, there were some parts that were so dark and then other parts that like they tried really hard not to make it dark and like make it really child friendly. Mm-hmm. But then I would watch some of this stuff, and I'm like, wow, that's really scary if you're a child. Yeah. You know, why omit anything if you're going to put that in there? So yeah. it, yeah, anyway. Speaking of good for kids, I read that uh, Dread review. Oh. <laughs> uh, one thing about before, um, so Batman, so as far as Batman, go to BatmanLive.com to find out if it's coming to a, a city near you. Because it's, yeah, it's going on. Yeah, so um, the other thing I guess we can talk about now, so Dread opens today in the United States. Um, and I guess other territories because it's it's been out elsewhere, so it is not for kids. It is, it is shockingly well reviewed. Yeah, I can't believe how high that thing is. Yeah, starting. it's it's been doing well, <laughs> um, on on what Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. And, and Metacritic. Um, so it's it blows away 
the 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 first one that you <laughs> oh, shouldn't even even talk well. about it. I mean that that doesn't say much, but I mean they do a good job, and I, I guess I shouldn't get into it so much since I said everything on the review, and I don't want to repeat myself. Sure. Right now it has eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane. Yeah. Really good. I think that that's almost the Avengers. Yeah, The Born Legacy has fifty seven percent, which I haven't seen that. Finding Nemo 3D has an 81%. So Dread is better than Finding Nemo. Dread 3D, a better so, 3D movie than Finding Nemo. So if you're going to the movies with the kids, <laughs> um, Dread is the better movie. Choose the R-rated European action movie. Dread is doing better than Paranorman. That's at 78%. Hmm. <laughs> Resident Evil Retribution 3D, 59%. Wow, that's actually pretty high for a Resident Evil movie. Uh, you know, I've only seen the first one. I have seen the first two. And then no, I stopped. I saw the third one. I stopped. I will say it. I'm not a Mila Jovikovic fan. Jovovich? Yes, I said. I'm not a huge fan of that series. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't want to talk about it because I really like. I really like the series. I, I don't think she's a very good actress. Well, no, <laughs> there I, is that. <laughs> I think Code Veronica was the last game I played. Really? Wait, because was no Resident Evil Four was that? Yeah. Wait, Nemesis was three. Yeah, and then yeah. Co- then there was Code Veronica. Code Veronica, and then. Like Code Veronica had like six spinoffs. That ticked me off when Code Veronica came out because it was like Dreamcast. I was like, I'm yeah. not buying a Dreamcast. But then they brought it for PlayStation. Yeah, which like is almost good. everything. So I, th- I think th- yeah, four is I, excellent. Four actually still holds up really well. Was the subtitle for four? There wasn't one. It was just Resident Evil Four. I don't think I. I don't think I got that one. It's the one with Leon. It's from. It's the one where they completely change up the control scheme. It's behind the back. Yeah, I didn't. And that was like the the people with the pitchforks yes. and, and ladders and yeah. I I th- that's when I was like, I'm running out of time to play video games. So. <laughs> Yeah, Code Veronica's lost. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, Dread. Yes, it's it's very violent. It's, I mean, is it gratuitous violent? I mean, it's it's violent. I mean, people. The comic book is gratuitously violent. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. That's and, like part of the satire. And it? and the nice thing is that there's a variety. You know, the, the you know his guns, different weapons, and mm. there's different things. Um, you you get to see Mega City One. Most of the movie is contained in that city block apartment building, which I kind of like and I kind of didn't like. I mean, it makes it feel isolated, but then, like what I said, you know, Dredd's not a detective. You know, he's right. not going to be going out in a prowl looking for. I mean, so he's he's there, he's investigating, and he's dealing with the situation. So it's fine that it's it's in a, a smaller. It's not really a small area because it's like two hundred a two hundred story building. Right. Yeah. So there's there's just a lot going on and. Do they nail the satire at all, or is it? Yeah, there, I mean, there's some in there. I mean, you know, he there's occasional one-liners and you know, absurd moment. A lot of um, nervous laughter. <laughs> you know, when, when you see these, these things, there's some some points where you you're like cringing, like squinting, like look trying to look away and so look at it, and because you know something's coming. Um, but the main thing, and the, I don't think this is a spoiler. No love whatsoever. Hmm. No no romance between. Dread and Anderson. Wow, it sounds like this was made by someone who's actually read the comics. Because that was my fear. It's like, oh, you got this this female character in here, so you know, guys and girls can't be friends in the movies. It's like something's always got to happen. And I mean, I never understood. Like even like like you know, being a born born identity. Right. It's like you have this you know Matt Damon movies. This guy can kick ass, kick ass, do all this stuff and everything. But then you got to bring in a female. It's like oh, you know, romance and <laughs> I'm a tough show, guy, but, show but I got a heart. Side, yeah. So it's like I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. But I, I say she was there to allow him to have someone to talk to. Otherwise, it'd just be like killing and sentencing and right. doing the one-liners. So it was good. And he kept his helmet on the whole time. Fantastic. Yeah. So 
That was good. Talking about comic books now, let's start with the uh, first one on the top is Daredevil. Holy crap. This Here comes so Daredevil. Good. The Holy man without fear. crap baskets. So good. Uh, what do we want to say about it besides that? <laughs> we don't want to spoil things. Uh, somebody's messing with Daredevil. It is, it is yep. frightening. Yep. Hardcore. Like, you see the return of a character, which we won't say. Which was freaky. I was actually a little bit freaked out by it. What's going on? It was really well written. So that's all we have to say. It was great. I gave yeah. it a five. Foggy's being a jerk. Not really. No. Considering all he's been through. That's yeah. it. That, that, that's the point. Considering like all within... he's been through, he's yeah, but... there's like no benefit of the doubt. And yeah, but look at how Dude, Murdoch's been best, acting. His best friend was like leading the hand not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, but he, and killing but he, people. He got, he got over that. That's not even. <laughs> yeah. that's, no, that's not. I don't not, know if you get not, over that right away. That's not the, the, the turning. It. That's then, not the turning point. And then he. He disappeared for months. For months. Well, he he knows that he's a superhero. He goes on, you know. Did, so did wait, you know, he's over getting ruptured. He, here, he, wait, wait a he disappeared like, for a couple you, days. Don't you think? Don't you think that like maybe Foggy's feelings are hurt too? Nope. Like, nope. like when you <laughs> like when you have when you're that close to someone and then they keep like. Nope. Screwing with you over and over and over again. Like, how much can you take? Like, everybody yeah. has a, a limit. He couldn't have called him and been like, hey, I'm going to be in New Mexico for a couple of and weeks. Now, Don't worry. And well, it's, I'm it's on the run. I'm, like I'm beyond, battling saving the world. But it's beyond that now because. Well, now. Let me call because, Foggy. Well, okay. He found his dad's hand inside of Matt's desk. That's a little freaking weird or something. Yeah. Like, his dad's. And stuff? that's the thing. It's like, what do you say? Hey, what's no, up with this? But. And then it's, he dumps it on also, the floor. Uh, yeah. That, that's his, because respect it's his in his drawer. desk. He couldn't leave in a... You it's don't have to dump, a, dump out his desk. And it's desk. not just that. It's like, okay, Matt, he, he's also like screwing with, with Foggy's professional life. Yeah. Like, they have a business together, and he's not keeping his end well, of the Foggy bargain. Foggy does like 90% of the work at that law firm. Exactly. No, but and but, but like, Matt's the one that wins all the cases and brings in the clients. The, the pro bono clients that don't give him any money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, nope, I don't agree. Foggy's a screw up. If it wasn't for oh. Matt, I mean, even the the, the point the, the point one issue where we saw you know Matt saved his butt sure. and, and Foggy's like so disorganized, couldn't do anything, and he's carried the law firm for all these years, even though he's been a, a crime fighter and and not always there. But the the thing is, he wasn't gone for months. He was gone for like three days, and then Foggy's like flipping out, and it's like I could see him flipping out over Shadowland, and then like <laughs> shortly after that, he goes on grows a beard and goes on the road. But he's like, he didn't care. Matt comes back and everything's fine. Like, you look at issue one. He's like, hey, hey, Matt, how you doing? So, I don't know. He's, this this he's, was the straw. I don't, I don't, I think this is something that has been building throughout this series. Mm-hmm. No. So, I don't I, think I, it's Maybe he's just jealous. Like the Omega he's jealous of that. No, I don't think he's that jealous. District attorney likes Matt. Mm-hmm. No, I think he's just, I love that issue. Those two on a date. Daredevil. Yeah, and, yeah, that was cute. I like that too. He's jealous. I don't think he's he wants to, He wants to be Matt Murdock. All right, we should move on. You should move on. <laughs> you should move on. Nightwing number zero. This was okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like amazing. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I agree. It was all right. I thought it was great. They changed a lot of stuff. Not not a lot they of stuff. Certain characters obsolete so that they don't ever have to come back again. I don't see what that has anything to do with this issue. Well, I do. <laughs> all right, then I, I guess there's no point in talking about it. Cause oh, let's talk about it. What's there to talk about? I mean, it's a great issue. And just because. It was a good issue. But I don't think it was great. I I don't see how it makes anyone obsolete. That's. That has nothing to do with it. Well, if Cassandra and Night Runner come back, then I will eat my words. Isn't Night Runner been seen like on. um, Is he on the cover for 
Batman Inc. number zero? Maybe. I don't think so, no. I'm going to look that up. Also, I'm not sure Batman Inc. even counts anymore because, like, for characters coming back because it seems to take place outside of the new 52 yeah it's like it's an its own universe yeah and i don't even know if anyone's going to continue it after morrison leaves i just i i don't know i i guess i i got nothing else to say i i thought it was good i thought it, it made his origin it's better a good, it's a good origin he, story. he's I'm he's a, a cooler character rather than the golden age dick grayson who was kind of a dork and Became cooler once you know he he left Batman and became. I will agree. The, ret- the retconning of the uh, pixie boots was a good idea. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I I think having more acrobatic skills. I mean, the parkour. I'm I'm on the fence, but that makes sense. You know, he he's got the agility and all that. I don't think they necessarily had to say parkour. They, you know, they they could have <laughs> yeah, just left because he's he's always he's always been drawn doing the multiple flips and all that stuff. And I mean, so it's a given. I mean, he was I doing. Feel like he's always done parkour. Yeah, he's this been doing the it before. They, they said. said it was parkour. Um, the the, the other thing statue actually speaking of which the the Batman black and white jock uh, statue. What about it? It's it's of Dick Grayson. It's freaking phenomenal. Yeah, it's like the it's, it's like, from, like the, the cover of one, one one of those issues. Oh, gorgeous! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. No, I think I, that that yeah, the whole acrobatics thing is something that has always been a part of it. <laughs> and um, the the reading people's movements. Um, again, I I. I think that makes sense. I'm not a trained trapeze artist, as they they said in the the show. I always say trapeze, but I guess it's trapeze. Hmm. Um, I, th- I think you know when you're working with other people, you need to be able to read slight movements and yeah. and as long as they don't go overboard and it's like all of a sudden he has a superhuman ability to to read anyone's movements and you know all that stuff like that, where they, they kind of push it a little. Then where he's like Taskmaster, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it's fine. So we'll, we'll see. Where they go with that? Um, yeah, and I, I like the, the training sequence because that's the other thing. I don't. I'm trying to think back to when they did like Robin Year One. It's like, did we ever really see the, the training part? Because we know we we had so much Tim Drake training. Yeah. I mean, we we saw all that. Um, I don't recall any Jason Todd because Jason Todd was Robin before I started reading. He was trained on the streets. Yeah. So um, I like seeing Jason Todd or seeing heart. seeing Dick doing the training and you know the different thing, the chemical, you know, working in the lab and I think so. I I thought that this really defined because I mean Nightwing is supposed to be like the number two character, you know. After sure. Batman, you got Nightwing. You know, he's supposed to be that good. And you know, Tim Drake is is rising. You know, going to give him a run for his money. So I I liked what they did with this issue. Um, so we'll see what happens next. Uh, I guess while we're talking about Dick Grayson's, talk about Red Hood and Outlaws number zero. This is really Jason Todd number zero. Yep. Um, quite a bit of changes here. <laughs> Some that I'm not thrilled with. <laughs> so, um, and I spoiled most of these, so I guess we, we can spoil it. So we, sure. we, we see his dad. Um, originally, I'm not, not counting the Golden Age Jason Todd, or the, the pre, not Golden Age, pre-New 52 Jason Todd, he was the red or strawberry blonde kid, worked in a circus. They erased all that. He lived on the streets, stole the tires off the Batmobile, all that. So that's how we had post-crisis. And that um, story, Jason's dad was like muscle, hired muscle for Two-Face, disappeared. He was assumed killed. That's not the case here. So he here he's more of a, a lower-level thug and... You know, he's 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 a scuzzy guy, work, you know, trying trying to charm the ladies and all that stuff, and yeah. doing that. Um, so we see how he and his mom meet, all all that. Um, so 
there are a lot of similarities. Uh, some things were kind of condensed. So like in Death of a Family, there's a whole question about the mom and all that. So that is kind of condensed a little bit here, which I'm okay with because, yeah. I mean, given the time frame, so it, that that takes out the complexity of Jason going to have to search for his mom and all that. So, I mean, it just, it made that whatever, how long that process would be shorter. So that that's fine. Um, then we have, well, there, there's one thing that I didn't notice right away, and I spoiled this too. Mm-hmm. So there's a, the scene where Jason's dad's getting arrested. Sure. And Jason's mom looks to be pregnant. Yes. So that is something that did not happen before. So it appears that Jason may have a sibling. Now, some people in the comments are like, maybe she had a miscarriage, or maybe she was just fit. <laughs> possible that she had a miscarriage since she was using drugs. Well, she, <laughs> well not necessarily. What what do you mean she not necessarily? <laughs> like the panel that comes afterwards says now the dealers won't be coming by anymore. Yeah. So she is safe. <laughs> I won't go into the, the rest then. What do you mean? I I'm just I'm just I mean well she used but, but but what happens on on the last page on the panel here is not what really happens. Well yeah, but that was just one time, I think. I think that she had been a habitual user before that. Right. If she's just, pregnant while she's using, then there's a chance that she could miscarry easily. Although I, th- I feel like they would have put that in the book. I think I kind of think they're they're definitely hinting towards something much larger. I think, yeah, maybe that. I mean, because why why draw that that panel? Yeah, exactly. If if there's nothing to be said, and and yeah, I totally missed the first time just Wednesday rushing and reviewing and yeah. writing and. and the backup, I'm not crazy about the backup. Me neither. Um, I kind of hate it, actually. Well, but the other thing, before we get to the backup, so the end of, of Jason's, the main part, then it says, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. So that right there tells us that Jason's origin, this might not, you know, there's there's some wiggle room here. That, sure. that may not be Jason's origin. And then the backup, which I guess we'll just say, it involves Joker. So he... Throws in some two cents about a bunch of stuff because you know, Jason Joker used to be Red Hood and right. now Jason's Red Hood. And there's all that connection there. So that's where the problem comes in. It's like Joker. Why is there a backup with Joker dealing with Jason Todd and all that? And it could go back to like the Killing Joke, where we saw Joker's origin being a, a loser stand-up comic, and then he's like. That may not be the case because sometimes right. I get confused. So that could be the situation here, where I feel like they they left themselves an out. Well, that, or, and know, the Joker's always been an unreliable narrator. So I I think we're going to see. I, I think there's a reason for this happening, being brought up here, because we know Death of the Family is coming up, and you know there's going to be crossover with Joker and Jason. So I think this is going to be addressed right away in the in the coming months. So we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not crazy about that. That was like my, my big problem. It was, was really that. out of character. It like, just, it, it's, just it's, it like. seems weird. A lot of the things seems too convenient. Yeah. Given that, that Joker didn't want to know all of the information, all of the details. And then he, it's like, as things happened, he was, would be jumping to conclusions, assuming it's like, oh, this must be happening because I made it happen. Right. It was also like people complained about uh, the Dark Knight movie, how Joker seemed to be omniscient and know what was going to happen next. But with that, I always felt like he was just rolling with whatever was happening. Yeah. Whereas with this, this feels like he would have had to have been borderline omniscient. Like Emperor Joker couldn't have planned 
everything that happens here better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. And I, I also, I don't mind Pascal Ferry's art, but I just, it didn't really work for me yeah. here. And may, maybe it's just, you know, being used to Kenneth Roquefort. Mm-hmm. And I, I forgot who did issue 12. It was someone after him that was, was good. Yeah. It was, it was a similar, but different enough style Yeah, that it didn't like, it wasn't justice league number zero. So this is all about Shazam. 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 And um, I don't know if it's been, I, maybe I missed announcement, but I I'm almost positive Shazam's going to be in the Justice League. He's on the cover to issue fifteen, and you know he's been in all the backups since whatever issue six. So yeah. I think he's going to join. It seems weird that he's going to join since the Justice League doesn't want anyone to join their team. Sure, but and also. I guess it's, it's, I mean, we, spoiler, we do see Shazam in this issue. Right. Um, from what we see, it doesn't seem like someone that the Justice League would, would want. <laughs> yeah. So, but then what's it's pretty funny. What, what someone brought up, my, cause w- with the little nitpick thing I said about this is this doesn't really, this sequentially isn't a zero issue. You know, right. you, you can't read this before reading issue number one. Like if you go back and say, okay, I'm gonna read issue zero, one, two, three, you know, go all the way through. It's not going to make sense if you read this, and when you get to issue six, the first backup with Billy Batson, it doesn't work. Neither is New Guardians, though, to be fair. Not and then, yeah, I was going to get to that, too. Not all the zero issues are um, So what we don't necessarily know, it's sort of the point someone brought up, they, they kind of missed my point. I'm talking about like sequentially in terms of issue numbers because you're supposed to read issue zero first. Right. As far as a story, um, technically, this story could have happened – we don't know when. I don't know if it's ever been said when this story, when Billy Batson went to you know his new family and, and met right. everyone else. So this could have happened a year ago, five years ago. So they're getting a little bit more vague with their, their and and some some of the zero issues they were. So it's, and some of the zero issues they're saying five years ago, and other ones they were saying a few years ago, and which is I what they in, even in Guy Gardner's they said then or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they should have just done that in the beginning. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the problem in. And I know people are, are tired of hearing about it. Some people are, are, are lashing out about it. Other people are just like, whatever. But I don't know. So we'll have to see how this plays out. If this is current or if this was before. And then when Shazam finally meets the Justice League, what's it going to be like? What's going to happen? I, I like that this is kind of touching on, on the magic part. But I don't really see Shazam working with like Justice League Dark. Because that almost seems yeah. like like you know a different corner of the DC universe. It'd be interesting, but there there's a lot of talk here about there's not a lot of magic in the in the world or something like that. Right. And, but but there kind of is because you know that's what we're, we've been seeing in Justice League Dark. So that's that's weird, but it's not like there's always firm continuity in these comics. Right. So. Um, the backup. I thought the backup was okay here. So we had Pandora, um, and we have to assume that this. Backup takes place. I don't know if it says here, but the backup has to take place later because this backup takes place after the free comic book day issue. Oh yeah. Although yeah, wait, yeah. maybe that took place current and then it goes to the near future. Right. Okay. So yeah, never mind. So this this could be happening now. The because Pandora's got Pandora's box. Well, which, the back the backup happens when uh, the wizard empowers Billy Batson because yeah. then he disappears and then. The backup shows where he goes to after he vanishes. So much confusion. We just need a big giant timeline. That's the Legend of Zelda. That doesn't always help. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's going to be interesting to see 
is Pandora going to have a connection with Shazam because of the wizard and the Trinity of Sin? And so does does that mean Shazam will have a connection to Phantom Stranger? Is he going to appear there? Or and you know what about the question? So we'll have to see how all this this fits together. Uh, let's talk about Batwoman while we're in zero. Batwoman sure. number zero. So I started reading this. I didn't finish it. Corey, you said you really liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Why did you like it? I, it to me, um, it, it felt like it was just telling what we. Plus the fact that we this is a second zero issue for this volume, which is ridiculous. How so? Wait, what? There is already a zero issue that came out like. Wait uh, for Batwoman. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was because um, <laughs> remember, um, well, there was a whole thing is the, the the series was supposed to come out and there was like delays, mm-hmm. and then they did the zero issue. So that's where where Bruce Wayne was like stalking, like spying right. on, on Batwoman. So we we saw like the, it was it was, was kind of like split like top half, bottom half. So we saw Kathy Kane or Kate Kane and um and Batwoman, and we saw like him watching and saying he kind of approved. So that was a zero issue, and then we didn't get anything, and then it it felt like that they held off on launching the series until the new 52. Weird. So we had that zero issue. This is another zero issue. But this felt like it just told us everything that we already know about her origin. There's like nothing. It made it explicit. Like I'll, I'll say that. And it is kind of just interesting seeing it play out. Um, I mean, and cause I, I kind of didn't recall if they had, uh, if they or where they told us about all of this, but I mean, yeah, it just it fleshes out her origin. It fleshes out like why why she became Batwoman, why she or like how she trained all this. Okay, other stuff. And yeah, I just thought it was well written. I thought it was a lot of fun to read, and I thought it was it, it was an interesting uh, view into her mind and into sort of her mentality. Okay, and then Catwoman number zero. Anyone want to say anything about this? Am I first? Am I insane, or is that cover completely different from the original? They changed it. Okay, they fixed it. It's still a little weird, but she has a spine now. They fixed it a little, and she knows how a zipper works. Right. (laughs) They also have completely revamped Star Sapphire's uniform. Oh yeah, that one. In New Guardians. (laughs) Um. So. Oh my god. (laughs) Did you read the score? I did. Okay. Did it remind you of anything you've seen before? <laughs> it, it <may> have. <laughs> like maybe like the dialogue was exactly the like same. Like maybe from the nineties, yeah. Like it was a while ago, so it's yeah. a little bit foggy. But, I think uh. there's like there's a panel where it's like blah blah blah, my nine lives, and I was like, what? That's what she says when she gets back up. Yeah. And like she reflects in the movie, she reflects. Uh, we're okay. So basically, like there's this Catwoman's entire origin, like everything Brubaker's done and. Everything that Darwin Cook has done, everything those guys ever did, scrapped for Tim, for Tim Burton's magical cats that bring Catwoman back to life by licking her <sighs> after Delightful. she falls like twelve stories. Yeah, that from, was a drop. That was the roof of a building. Apparently, an aw- that awning must but have been like made of Kevlar. <laughs> what's funny is that that uh, in the movie she also falls through an awning. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Awnings are magical. I don't know if you knew that. Also cats. (laughs) Cats are also magical. So if you put the two of them together, they can do some pretty amazing things. It's just so bad and it's (laughs) disappointing. And I'm I'm just really upset that I feel and I said this in my review, if you're going to take if you're gonna say, Okay, new fifty two, we're gonna write new stories for these characters, that's fine. Some of these characters have origin stories that make sense and are interesting. Like Tony said, Nightwing. I agree. It makes more sense now. Like I think that that was a great zero issue. Mm-hmm. 
but this zero issue doesn't actually add anything to the character, in my opinion. And it nope. also tosses away a lot of great stories and puts in place a really not so good story that we've already already seen before. So, kind of twice. So it's like, why why can't the writer come up with an original idea? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, if you're agree. if you're going to scrap everything, then you should at least have an original idea to come up like come up with something new. And then integrate that into her history. Yeah. But this just this just indicates to me that maybe the writer doesn't really know the character very well, or has like a or good didn't do her homework handle <laughs> on that. No, she clearly did her homework. Yeah. Her editor told her to watch Batman Return. <laughs> so here's my thoughts on it. Oh God, you're right. She even made the costume out of the freaking awning. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, at first when I looked at that, I thought she went back to the awning and they had repaired the awning. Yeah, I was like, wait, the awning they they patched up. You know, she, so when she fell, she made a, a like a cartoon silhouette. <laughs> you know, rather than it ripped. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing: I I really like Catwoman before. You know, I I, I liked the series before. Sure. And, you know, I, I read a lot of it. Um, I so I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like with Wonder Woman because I really liked Wonder Woman before. I'm not absolutely crazy about the new direction that you know the, the changes that we've had in wonder woman but they're well written we're getting good stories so, so i'm i'm totally fine with that and it's not like they're butchering the character or anything like that sure this with catwoman they're changing everything which again it's like okay whatever i can accept that because you know things may return to normal but this is just the complete opposite of wonder woman because this is not well written yeah it's just just like it was really derivative. It was really confusing at a lot of parts. Like they jump around, but not not like a substantial amount. Like they jump around by just the fact that her whole her yeah, her and and again I I becoming a lot more tolerant tolerant about little changes that we're seeing. Sure, like some of the stuff with Jason Todd. He may have a sibling now. Sure, fine, great. We'll that's, we'll see how that goes, or you know, that's not a little e- thing, but even it's, even it's Tim, ripe for storylines, you know. Which I guess we'll talk about next week. You know, Tim Drake not being Robin. That is a little change, you know. <laughs> with with that, I don't. I and I've said this so many times publicly and everything, and I, I've I've told Scott Lobdell, you know, so I'm you know not tiptoeing around it. I don't like the fact that Tim Drake was not Robin, right. it's, but it's not a huge deal, and because of the stupid five year time frame, <laughs> it makes sense that. You have Dick Grayson as Robin. In the five years, Dick Grayson has to become Robin. He has to leave. Jason Todd has to become Robin, has to die. And then Batman needs time to mourn. So it makes sense that Dick, or that Bruce isn't going to say, okay, Tim, you're here. You can become Robin, even though the last guy, the last kid just right. died. So I can kind of see Bruce saying, you you know, no one's, there's not going to be another Robin. There's going to be no more Robin. So it's retired. But then... He'll say, what about Red Robin? Then he might be like, eh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but I can I can buy that. I can accept it. It's not that huge of a deal. Sure. But when you're changing origins like this, like, your name's not really Selena Kyle, that's- which, which again, we don't know that. That could be a bunch of manipulation and all that. Well, I guess we'll find out. But that's, like, a huge thing. And, and now I'm going to spoil this other thing. She has a sibling. It's like, where where did that come from? She never had a sibling. I yeah. don't. I'm pretty sure she I'm never had. I mean, sure she wasn't Russian. She's 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 had a, a bunch of different <laughs> origins. And because like when I did that that Catwoman three minute expert a couple years ago, whatever. So I I went back and read a bunch. You know, I saw her living with with you know when her mom died or whatever, and with her dad, and you know when she was a flight attendant and, and lost her memory, plane crash. She lost her memory. Thought she was a a, a thief or burglar and. <laughs> 
or she left her, hus- her husband. Her husband was abusive, so she uh. left him and stole from him. You know, whatever. I'll, I can I can buy that we've had different origins like that, but this is just. You didn't like it. What? No, I, this is ridiculous. Magical and, cats. And oh, that's the fact that I mean that that's my problem with with Bat- a lot of people like Batman Returns. I don't I don't like Batman Returns because of the cat thing. And I wasn't crazy about Danny DeVito's penguin hands. Really? Yeah. I, I love I love Batman Returns. Yeah. But I'm a fan. it should just stay condensed in Tim Burton ver- movie verse. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a, it doesn't need to be brought to the comics. Like no. that is for sure. All right, here's something else that's bothering me, a little tangent sort of about sure. the zero issues. So, I I think we don't really like these covers. You know, they're all like <laughs> everyone jumping work. through as a retailer, I but, really don't. <laughs> but here's the thing, to talk about being lazy, these covers, it's the same exact rip through the comics. Yeah. If you look at the bo- this is almost like the bottom. That's almost kind of like Texas and maybe that's Florida, yeah. you know. So you you have no, all that. That's weird. They're all and you see like on the side there's like like three or four little rips and you know there all that. But then here's the thing. They try getting a little tricky with um Red Hood and Outlaws. Like, well, wait, it's different. No, they just flipped they, it. The you know, it's it's Dear the opposite. God. You know, you got this side over here. It's just a mirror image ripped through. It's all Oops. that. It's like thing, but here's where it kind of redeems for it. You look at Justice League. They did their own because he like burns through it. Yeah, that actually. Is so at least they did it. But everything else we have here. This also, week, I just realized that Star Sapphire or Star Sapphire, uh, Starfire, and Arsenal like are on the cover of Red Hood. Yeah, they are they're not, not even, even in the, in the issue. Co- yeah, <laughs> in so, any way. Yeah, I mean, at least they didn't put Justice League on the cover. Yeah, they that's true. Just had. But I mean, technically, you can say, well, Nightwing wasn't in Nightwing. Well, I mean, it was Robin. But, but yeah. Um, but Dick Grayson was. <laughs> that's just. And then um the Wonder Woman, so I think you you have that issue or I mean do. I don't I don't need it. Um, rips through it. So you, you can talk about that. Um the main thing about, about that is Cliff Chang had gotten a, a little ahead on schedule on hmm. for the covers. He did another cover with young Wonder Woman on there and then he found out that they're doing the, the burst like covers. It's right. a much better cover. Yeah. I think I'll post that that image on on the awesome art pick since mm-hmm. He hopes that it'll be used somewhere, but you know, people should see it because it was it was a nice cover. I have a problem. Can I just can I just digress for a second? Sure. Uh, the center of every issue of TC this week is a giant ad of Stephen Amell with a <laughs> shirt on. So like it doesn't matter. Like I could just be like, oh, let me just open this comic book, and hey. like it's always going to land on that page. It's distracting. Abs of steel. Anyway, should I, I talk about Wonder Woman? Yeah. All right. I wanna. Uh, so well, um, he's actually not in the middle of all issues. Oh, he's not just no, the ones I read. Um, <laughs> just the ones that you Green, happen to Green turn Lantern. To. The middle is is a two pa- cool oh, two page spread. Okay. Although that, I didn't really like the art. That that is pretty cool. Okay, Wonder Woman. Anyways, uh, Wonder Woman. I don't know how to feel. So so I think that there's some really really uh, cool things that happen here. All right. Can I spoil a couple of things? Uh, sure. All right. So um, the whole thing about Wonder Woman, she grows up on an island full of ladies, and they teach her to be the greatest warrior ever, right? But can she really be the ultimate warrior <laughs> without a broadened perspective on, on fighting? Mm-hmm. And who better to teach her than the god of war? Mm-hmm. This concept makes a lot of sense. However, 
it also contradicts with everything that this character sort of was was built from. You know, the pillars of of her character. Yeah. It changes everything. And, I mean, you can look at it from a couple of different ways. I can totally get logically that it totally makes sense that Ares would, like, come up and be like, hey, I'm going to teach this girl because I see something in her. Didn't two weeks ago we all mentioned, like, where the F is Ares? So it's interesting to know. I don't know. See the answer to that question. I remember we, I feel like we brought this up recently. Yeah. So, um, so it makes sense to me that, that Ares would be the one to be her instructor and, and help her. So that gives her the, you know, like the, a lesson from Ares who has a completely different like fighting style and skill set than any of the Amazons. But then she's also been taught by the Amazons to be a great warrior. So she's getting a, a re- well-rounded education. I understand that. I think that this is a really beautiful comic book. It, it goes and alludes to a uh, golden age Wonder Woman comics and, the dialogue is awesome. Like it's just a great book. I love the tone, and the tone <laughs> is great. However, I think that you. It also led me to ask the question: Like, is Azarello saying that women could not build the ultimate warrior on their own? That they need help from a man. And I know that this is like like this is the thing that a lot and it, I'm not saying that that's my opinion. I'm just saying that that is something that I thought about when I read this book because I knew that a lot of Wonder Woman fans think that way. Um, and I think it's an interesting question to ask because she's given a father. Ares in this issue becomes a father figure to her. Could she have not? Could she not have become? the warrior that she is without the male figures in her life. But, but and I know I'm going off to, on a tangent. To, so answer, apologize. to answer that question within even the narrative, Ares kind of fails like his, his teachings. Like, and she sort of goes against what he wants her to be. Like, he does, he when, when, cause he's like, you know, your opponent is, is lying there now finish, finish it. And she's like, no, I'm, I, that's not the way that I want to be. That's not the person that I want to be. That doesn't mean he's, failed it just means that he he didn't succeed in in turning her into what he wanted her to be she still received an education from him sure and she still became this well-rounded warrior because of him but the fact that she was independent enough from him to come up with her own solution to this conflict when she's faced with it like that is that is a great um example of her character and her morals you know that has nothing to do with aries yeah that could very well be like teachings of the amazon warriors right you know that's just a mentality she grows up with but like the question still is like would she have become the ultimate warrior if not for the help of the male figures in her life right so it's it's interesting how this this character has ultimately changed i'm not saying i have a problem with it honestly because I, I think it it sort of makes her more interesting, you know. And now she's going to have daddy issues, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so that's sorry, I took so long to answer that. Sorry. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't love the, the the series. I mean, I, I want to. It's just, I mean, it. I respect it, but I just, I have issues with it. 
I guess. So. And just going back to the uh, the tone, it is very golden agey, and I kind of didn't put two and two together until you said it just now. But yeah, like there's a narrator. There are narrator. Mm. There's a, a narrator that will say things like, and so the amazing Amazonian ventures into the unknown. And it's just, it's, it's really weird to see Azarello kind of being a little bit more lighthearted than he usually is. Maybe it's because he put himself in the issue. <laughs> Did he? Uh, he looks just like Ares. Oh, okay. You're right. That's weird. <laughs> Which is funny. Green Lanterns. Green Lantern, New Guardians, number zero. So this is not a zero issue. No. This is just... Not so, at all. <laughs> it's like, this should just be issue 13, because it's... it, Which seems to be a trend for the Green Lantern books, except for uh, Core. <laughs> yeah, because when I read this, I was like, wait, is that Carol? I mean, I didn't, I didn't love the art. I'll, I'll say that. Hmm. Um, it's like, like, that's just the first page, the way Carol looks standing there. I mean, she just... She looks weird. It looks artificial. Or staged. And... I mean, no, I, I mean the angle is like looking I don't know. down on. Her. I think Carol's better looking than that, <laughs> and I just, I mean, just and just oh, her, 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 well, just yeah, her, her, like her, Blake Lively. Have her, you seen her, her? Mm-hmm. the the character build the body, whatever, just looks looks weird. And I mean, there's even a scene, um, which which you know you brought up Star Sapphire. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really weird. I mean, well, you look at the way she's positioned here. Well, yeah, that's a weird. <laughs> she's got the weird. Waste twist. <laughs> so what what happens here is Carol puts on a star sapphire ring, which I, I just I feel like came out of nowhere because in Green Lantern she was seen with the ring and she was like like debating should I put the ring back on because she she gave it up right and then here she just puts it on it's like oh I'm gonna put it on well, wasn't that after they thought that or they heard that but it, the it ring just it just Hal it was dead. just like like out of nowhere I mean because when when. Sinestro was, comes to Hal Jordan's like we have to go and he's like no and then the when the Indigo tribe take him takes him away she could have like put it on right there and then took off and tried to find him but no she's just like oh I'm okay I, I'm I'm freaked out I don't know what happened I'm just gonna wait so it just it felt a little like something was missing there um, but I I did like seeing Kyle interact with her mm-hmm. it was funny that how he comes up and he's like. Star Sapphire. Yeah. It's like, dude, you know, she's, and, you know, and then she said, really and then he Kyle gets Rainer. mad at her when she says, yeah, you're Kyle Rainey. He's like, whoa, that's my name. Yeah. And, she, and he's like, yeah, you're an idiot, Kyle, because you just outed her name in, in front of her employee. And right. So that was, that was kind of funny. I, um, I really love Kyle Rainer. And I, I do like, like the twist on Kyle with, you know, the other rings. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what does it, this mean for him? And I, I like how they brought up the fact that, you know, he was the special one. He was a chosen one, a the, the torchbearer, and so it's like I'm. You think he was Ion? Did that happen, or did they I, I don't excise? Know. I don't even. I don't even want to think about it because I don't even know what happens and what didn't happen. Um, DC Universe number zero. DC Universe presents. Did you read this? Uh, I I skimmed it. I did not read this. This is a big big issue. Yes. Um, so we have OMAC. Issue with a lot of canceled titles. In it. Yeah. So we have OMAC. Um, Wait, so there's two OMAC stories? I have no idea. So, yeah, it says Unstoppable by, by Keith Giffen and Immovable by Dan DeDio. Mm. So they got to tell <laughs> their story. And then we have a Mr. Terrific story by James Robinson. But since he's not here, I guess... We don't have to talk about it. We won't talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... I, I, I'll, I'll say it, whether people like it or not. I'm, I'm not a big Mr. Terrific fan. Mm. Yeah. You don't like his fair play tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> 
Are they tattoos or are they on yeah, his they jacket? Are. I don't even know. They are. They're not on his jacket anymore now. They're yeah. tattoos. Because he's got the sleeveless. I like oh, that. Look at, look at his, his whatever you yeah. call it, his shoulder. Bicep, yeah. This is what... He's got what, Chris Redfield. Uh, that's what it was like in um, Batman, the Batman armor in Batman Live. Yeah. It's like these huge like, shoulder, not pads. I guess they're kind of pads. Um. Uh, speaking of Green Lanterns, are we going to see John Stewart's origin, or is that just not happening? <laughs> yeah, no one cares. Yeah, I guess not. They're racist. So. <laughs> He's a black Green Lantern. We don't need to know. But yeah, I mean, that that was weird that, uh, that Green Lantern Corps was about Guy Gardner, which I still haven't read yeah. that issue, surprisingly. It's like I keep pulling it. It's like, I got to read this. I got to read this. You know, my, my thoughts on Guy Gardner have been made pretty clear, but I actually didn't think that issue was so bad. <laughs> you know, someone suggested to me they should have made Guy Gardner a teenager. All right, I can see that. So then we hear we would have this this not necessarily angsty, this angry teenage Green Lantern. So a teenager with a chip on his shoulder with this in, immensely powerful weapon. I'm that, just I'm just kind of surprised that like the rest of the Green Lantern Corps takes him as seriously as they do. Yeah, well, especially at least doesn't have the haircut he used to have. So <laughs> yeah, that, the Mo that Howard helps. haircut. I liked it. <laughs> The, the Mo Howard Tiki and, and had the, the big the moon boots. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. And the vest, which Hal Jordan actually makes fun of at one point. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. We've, I got, don't know. Like, it's, we've got like five canceled people getting their own origin story here. It's it's too bad about John. That <laughs> yeah, like, but we can't get the co-star of the major one of the major books. Maybe his his origin hasn't changed. You're like you already know it, yeah. so you don't need it. Which I actually kind of don't. <laughs> okay, then we have. Yeah, because I mean that was the thing. It's like you know he was an architect. And it's like wait, architect and a marine. He was, he, he was a sniper. That sounds awesome. Um, I love that. Like his constructs are actually working, built from like the inside out. Yeah, and then so then we have Hawk and Dove by Rob Liefeld. So yeah, another. Is this his final issue of Hawk no, and Dove? Well, no, Hawk and Dove was canceled like issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six, I think. Um, but he still has some other issues. Of like, After Batman and Dove failed to, uh, I think I was thinking of. Charts. I think I was thinking of Deathstroke. Yeah, there's. Um, I I think like I think he goes up to thirteen. Right? Thirteen and fourteen on uh, maybe like fourteen Hawkman or he he just t- said it the other day that he's still. Did he manage to not burn? He must be good about his just... deadlines. Hmm. Well, I mean, right? He does not drawing them all, so. Oh yeah, I guess he was only and drawing even the ones he's drawing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> then we have uh, Black Hawks, another cancel one yeah. by Tony Bedard. And um, is that it? No, I think I had a feeling that there's one more in here. Oh, then we have Dead Man. Cover. Oh, no, Dead Man, weirdly not on the cover, but he but has a story. Drawn by Scott McDaniel. Yeah, so, which is weird because yeah, Dead Man was like in, I'm pretty sure he was in issue one. Yeah, of, he was He was he, like the first few when everyone thought it was going to be Quantum Leap. Yeah, um, and then that's it. Um, while I'm on this page here, so we have a, Ad for Talon. What are you guys' thoughts about Talon? I think it has potential. I mean, I'm, I'm, I really, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I, I think it, sh- I think it could be very interesting. I mean, I don't know again how I feel about that costume. <laughs> Maybe it will look less silly in motion, but I don't know about Guillaume March on that. I guess we'll see. I like his art. Yeah, but I do not. Not a fan. But it's you know he's Gotham City Sirens. You know, so he draws the ladies, draws which ladies. I'm not not saying he draws them well all the time because you know a lot of times their heads are. Kind of weirdly proportioned, so it's it's also other parts. Yeah, <laughs> but that that's a given, given comic books. But it's it's weird that he's going to be drawing a book focusing on a dude. Yeah, so he's. I feel like he's done that before. Well, anyway, because he he did that one cover you liked, sir, Looker. 
Didn't she like that one? Get out of that here. That was cool Tony. with the, the camera and the vampire. She wasn't in there because she's a vampire. She couldn't be seen. Vampires can't photograph, apparently. That cover was hot. <laughs> it was red hot. All that red like on John the cover. John Turturro in Transformers. <laughs> Criminals are hot. <laughs> Blue Beetle number zero. I So I didn't read this. Um, so we find out about Blue Beetle before, he was, or who had to scare her before. Who was it? Was it Ted Kord? <laughs> no. We, How Ted, insane would that be we if still they just threw know. him into this? Yeah, so it's some little alien girl or something okay. like that, I think. I, I didn't read that. Oh, my God, check that out. And Captain Adam Zero, I haven't read this one either. So this is it Captain for Captain Adam. Adam. This, this is the last Zero. one. <laughs> There's no more. It just seems weird. It's like, okay, your your title's canceled, but we're going to do a zero issue. Yup. Yeah. So, but see, this isn't the end. It's the beginning. <gasps> but it's not really. Oh, is it? <laughs> uh, Ultimates. Did you read love this? it. I did not love the art. Yeah, the I had art a was hard a time. Little... The Captain America looks so, I don't know, say generic, but it just. I, I just don't think it has, it, it doesn't create the illusion of motion for me. Which yeah. you need to do with Captain America, like and, you really need to do. And just, just I, I, I don't like his his armor here. This looks weird. Oh, it's makeshift. Like that's supposed to look like thrown together from spare parts. But this is supposed to be like a big deal. Yeah, I it mean, is. I mean, we got this huge storyline. <laughs> yeah, that's like majorly changing Which I, the United States. Yeah, the, I love the it. Ultimate Universe world. Yeah. It's you know it's crossing over into. Ultimate all th- Spider-Man. All three Ultimate titles. Yeah, and X-Men. And then the the spoiler that came out on Tuesday, I think, where they, they spoil issue 16, you know, issue 15. Thanks, Marvel. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there, there's there's big things happening. And I really just, dislike that practice that they have of, like, putting press releases above the actual releases. It's like, well, come on, guys. Like, the, 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 have some fan loyalty. I, they have to do it because... It's like if if they didn't say anything, so the way it ends here on the last page, which is awesome. <laughs> as soon as that issue comes out, people are going to be all over the internet talking about it. Sure. This way, if they do it ahead of time, they're they're trying to reach people who might not normally pick it up. But who, then, you know, it's all over the internet anyway. They'll they might like, pick but they want to the see chat. what what's what's this about? I got to check this out for myself. That's crazy. So then they they want to see it and then they they want to buy it. It's an interesting storyline, and I will give them all the credit in the world for that. <laughs> and also, it's you know, if, if I don't know if it was USA Today or whoever did. It's like, do comic readers read USA Today on a regular basis? Probably not. You know, so it's just a way to generate more, you know, to reach other people. I think the problem with that, like, I don't know about you guys. Did you order extra issues of issue fifteen no, or issue sixteen? They're not, they're not reaching the audience that they think they are. So, so like, that's we didn't have people like busting down our door, being like, "I gotta see this issue." But a lot of times that does happen. It happens when it gets on TV. I think, and then the people, people are like, "Like what? I want to get this issue." And then the store owners are like, "Sorry, I only ordered like five extra copies that thing. I normally do." And then they get like, "Well, you suck. You're, you're a comic store. You don't even have the comics. I want to buy. I want to give you money." And is, is we get short shrifted because we have to order three months in advance. Yeah, and. <laughs> I understand it's, they, they can't say, hey, comic retailers, you're going to want to get this issue right. because this is going to happen. But don't tell anyone. <laughs> right. What we're seeing a lot now, um, people are all over Twitter on Tuesdays saying, hey, I read hey, Brian Bendis. I read your issue. It's really cool. Hey, right. Scott Snyder, this is really great. And I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I don't, I don't think it, it's right because – in, in some ways, they're generating buzz, 
But then you have to hope that they're not going to be spoiling anything. But it's also like anyone who follows Brian Bendis is already going to be picking up whatever he's putting down. Mm-hmm. Like you're not you're not reaching a new audience with that. Who the hell is on Twitter who's like, oh, who is this Scott Snyder fellow well, that I've heard no, so much about? The reason they're probably doing that. So if someone goes Tuesday, it's like, hey, Brian Bendis, I really like your issue of Avengers or whatever. Right. And then then he might be like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to retweet you. And then maybe you'll pick up some some more followers. That's why maybe. they're they're calling out and doing but, that. But that seems like better for the user than the yeah the artist. Well, I, I think I actually not speaking of Bendis, I I think he actually tweeted he doesn't like that his comics are available the day before, mm-hmm. but he likes if it's a, you know who doesn't like hearing positive response like sure. hey this is really cool I'm you know, excited about that. It's also so. really helpful for us. <laughs> yeah. I but, like put all the stuff out that night and then yeah you know no, I, t- I totally say that that's great for comic stores because you you get it early you get to, you know you can do your pull list just separate all that stuff yeah. and and it gives you guys a chance like I, I mean I don't know how many comics you read on a Tuesday if you check a lot. Out, because <laughs> Wednesday door opens people come in they're like hey here's an issue of ultimate is this any good should I yeah, get exactly. this and you say get yeah, uh, nah. you know it's also, it's also really helpful for me to come on here and have read yeah a you, lot you of get an extra day <laughs> so so yeah I mean that that's that's great and like for us if we could read comics I mean some you know some the smaller publishers will give us advanced you know PDFs and that yeah. so you know you get a chance to check them out but you know we don't get <laughs> actually uh, uh, one um, big comic writer and uh, said didn't you get your comps? Yeah. I'm like, we don't get comps. You're out of your mind. Like, I go to a comic store every week and buy comics. And I don't even think you get reimbursed. Like. No, we, we uh, I mean, we don't, we don't get like all these comics that are sitting here. It's like, we, we buy them. Yeah. So, and, and I, I buy a lot out of pocket and just, sure. you know, like I really like this and, you know, I buy comics for my daughter cause you know, those are for my daughter. And, mm-hmm. Um, speaking about comics, not for my daughter, The Walking Dead 102. <laughs> that is definitely not for your daughter. <laughs> but so, Although this one was actually one of the tamer ones. But yeah. Because what, what, got what, head caved in with a baseball bat. <laughs> what I like about my daughter is you know, when like I first started reading Walking Dead, you know, I, I started with, with the hardcovers. And like she knew right away seeing it there. And, you know, so I would say, you don't want to look at this. And you would think, you know, you tell that to a kid, what are they going to want to do? Okay. They're gonna say I'm not supposed to look at this. I'm gonna... But she like knew right away. She's like, yeah, I don't want to look at that. I mean, the same thing with like like Dark Knight um, Rises. She mm-hmm. saw the trailer. She loves Batman. She saw the trailer. She's like, yeah, I don't think I'd want to see that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just too much. So, anyways, Walking Dead. So, recap, spoiler free recap. The survivors have been living in a, in a community, the gated community. So they've been been living there. They find out that there's this huge, like a large. Yeah, gated, large, large, not like, not like from the second where they found that gated community that turned out to be deserted. And yeah, all <laughs> that the, was awesome. Yeah, so they, they've been living there. They find out that there's this other community a little bit away because that was the the bigger world storyline. Because I've always wondered, it's like, what the heck is going on in the rest of the world? Where are is everyone else? Because not everyone is dead. So they find out that there's this huge community, a bunch of these other people. They go check out, but in in, in between, there's this other group, another huge group. Evil, hardcore, oh. evil. Guy. I mean, so now before it used to be really evil. Used to be zombies were a problem. No, these guys. So their Twilight thing Zone is, was right. It turns out it's man. They're like, you know, you have to give us all your stuff, or we're going to kill well, you. Half, or <laughs> half your stuff, half your supplies. We're going to kill you, and you don't mess with us. And so you got that problem, and it's we're we're seeing. 
and again, I'm not going to get into spoilers. Like, if she 100, Whoa. obviously big. I was crazy. sick to my stomach after reading. Yeah, it was, it was it disturbing. It was brutal. Um, I was reading it over lunch. It was really, it was not a good idea. That's what I, I paid. <laughs> I paid ten bucks for issue one hundred at San because we that's when we were right. at San Diego, and I like I had to get a copy, and then I ended up getting. I kind of regret it. I got the the San Diego exclusive one. Which one is that? Which was uh, it's like the regular. I think it was black and white, oh, okay. maybe. But they also had the chromium cover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For like the same, because I was going around to different. Um, this was like preview night, so I was going around to different places. Like, do you have it? They're like, nope, sold out. You have it? Nope. Oof. So the one place that had it, they were selling it for ten bucks. They had the the yeah. exclusive one and the chromium one for ten. I was like, chromium is kind of cool, you know, flashback to the nineties. But this is, <laughs> so I ended up getting that one. But, um, so things are taking a bit of a, a change here. Different direction. It's like okay, we got all this stuff going on. We're not going to handle it this way. We're going to do this. That's it. And and then it's this, like this was really refreshing because normally the the thing has been they travel, they find somewhere, it gets screwed up, they leave. They mm-hmm. travel, they find something like et cetera, et cetera. With this one, it's like we're staying. Yeah, we are putting down roots here. We are going to deal with this problem. So it's 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 great. Other big issue that Sarah's hogging over there. I totally forgot. Spider Man number five. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. I. Love hate you, Bendis. I love hate you so much. <laughs> uh, that was just such that, a good issue. That last page, and then even like a, a couple pages before that, sure. it's like, wait, what? What? No, what? yeah, that was, oh, man. That that was uh, someone pointed out to me that was very Ocean's Eleven-y. So I mean, that was such a good fun issue, and then on on which you can't talk anymore about it without giving anything away. But yeah. the, the the last page is just like. Well, because where are we going to get that resolved? Is it going to resolve an amazing Spider? It's not going to resolve an know. amazing Spider-Man. Is there going to be another Spider-Man? Is there going to be? Well, it could be. I, a Bendis. No, written? I. I think if it gets resolved, it would have to be an amazing. But Dan Slott's writing that. I mean, I mean, well, I'm, well, I'm sure Dan and Brian talk once sure. in a while. I, I just don't know. I feel like that would be crazy to resolve something that happened in another issue. In I don't that, know. But yeah, and that then was awesome. Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. Fifteen, I think. Also amazing. It was no, it was ultimate. <laughs> Amazing. Da, 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 da. So what I what I liked about that issue is we kind of see things from other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. So it's dealing with you know Miles' uncle, who was the prowler, who was a bad guy. Yeah. You know, he died, and there, and we're we're seeing it like from his parents' point of view, from the police. We have Maria Hill. I was going to say we get to see Ultimate Maria Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 nice seeing that there, and then you know we also have this. United we stand, divided we fall, whatever the heck they're calling it, because it's it says two different things. The cover says divided we fall, but then I thought it said United we stand somewhere. I think it says that on Ultimate X Men. Yeah, so I don't know what it, whatever they're calling it. So we we kind of see that for, like you know Miles is at school and they're addressing it's like oh there's some crazy stuff going on here. So I, I also like that they kind of addressed the fact of like yeah we really haven't talked about the fact that this country is falling apart. Yeah, so you know that because it was a either the last issue issue before Miles had to. Go like he couldn't walk because the streets were closed right. because all all this stuff going. I think that out. was the one before, and then last issue was with Cap. Going, yeah, like, you can't do this anymore. So, yeah, so so it's good, and I I, I like Gank. Yeah, he's great. Seeing all that, so that I was, love was Miles a good issue. still being unfamiliar with how web swinging works. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have anything else over there, sir? Um, I have Sword of Sorcery right, featuring let's, Amethyst. Let's talk about that. Thoughts um, on that. Before not not the the one ish one point just in general let's talk about the story if there is anything to be said 
Did you read it, Corey? I, I have not. I have not. You didn't read it? That's true. This could be like the breakout hit <laughs> of, of the decade, of the New 52. Why would they back this this comic? There's got to be some... I mean, they know this is what's going to turn things around. This is This it. is what's going to make... Sword of sorcery. It's going to save the comic industry. Starring Amethyst because, on Gemworld. Yes. I thought it was cute. Is she outrageous? Is she truly, truly outrageous? Oh. Yeah, I thought it was all right. It's... <laughs> I think I don't think it's bad. No, I'm just saying. I think it's cute. <laughs> I, that I don't really. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm saying why it could have been Corey. You yeah. could, I don't. And you I brought this up yesterday, Tony. Uh, you mentioned that you don't understand why they would they would give this character her own. Uh, so it's, it's like, uh, um, like let's see. So many other characters: Cassandra Kane or Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld. Uh, let's go with, with Amethyst. Amethyst. Yeah. I mean that that's that that's Oof. yeah. Whoa, whoa. I feel like they're definitely trying to uh, like target girl readers, obviously. So really, maybe, Ameth- Princess maybe Amethyst put, of Gem World. Maybe You're they kidding. maybe they put A and B together and we're like princesses. What magical things? What princesses? Jewelry? <laughs> jewelry? And then she's Purple? a she's a little this is little awesome. goth. <laughs> she's she's a little goth. Yeah, she is. And then she can turn into a blonde, which is every girl's right. dream. So <laughs> get out. No, she can appeal to a, a variety of different girls. The girls that like the edgy or type of girls, and then the girls that like to be... Do you want to do a second take where you're not almost cracking up as you say that? And then... And, but but there, 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 there are some redeeming things. So yeah, we're, we're poking fun at this because it, it's it's ridiculous. And and you said something about like maybe we're going to do a cartoon. I haven't heard anything about a cartoon. I, I, I read it somewhere in passing that there might be a cartoon. I feel like I can't so. believe this already isn't a cartoon. I, well, I don't know if I it was. That, I, I think it was. James yeah. said that before because oh, okay. I don't... She This character exists before. I don't know anything about this character. And I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this character. Is this in the DCU? Like, cause it's, I, it's I think new, so. It's a 52 title. Um, so, but I've I, yeah, never where, heard John Constantine talking about, oh, we go, I'll get to Gemworld then, isn't it? Uh, that was the weird part. So there's a... A specific scene in this issue. Are you talking that Constantine's actually in this should issue? We, actually, yes. Should I... Wait, how the heck do you spell amethyst? Jeez. A-M-E-T-H-Y-S-T. A-M- wow, I'm, that was right off the top And of I head. hate this keyboard. Amethyst. DC Comics character, 79 issues. Wow. All right. So, she, yeah, there is a whole Amethyst Princess of Gemworld, 1985, 1983. Legion of Superheroes, six appearances. What the what? Um... Oh, and oh, here's the other thing. I, I remember I looked this up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, she was in um in a Flashpoint Secret Seven. Ha, hey. So um, she was now. she was in Fifty Two, the 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 weekly comic. I don't remember that. There's a according to this. There's a um, her first appearance was in Legion of Superheroes number two ninety eight in nineteen eighty three in a free oh. Ah, that's the trick. It was a free insert intended as an introduction, so she wasn't really in Legion. That that makes some sense. Hmm. Um, so before we get into that one part of this, mm-hmm. um, there, there, there is some potential with the character. So yeah, you know, you got the whole thing is, you know, she, she's a high school kid. There's all the stereotypes, you know, the bullying and the outsiders so, you know, you see all that she can kick ass. She's been training a lot, doing a lot. So she's a tough character. She stands up for herself. She stands up for others. Great. All this cool stuff. And you got magical stuff and gems and portals and so yeah so there's that then we had to back up so we're, i'm not we're not gonna avoid that one part yet we had to back up about beowulf any thoughts on that <laughs> i was just it's different i was just like how do you feel about it tony 
uh, it's just, I don't know. I was just like, mm. Mm. it's just the whole point is, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it, I'm, I'll, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that. But it's like there's other comics I'd rather be reading than reading a comic adaption or new take or whatever on, on Beowulf and Grendel and all that. Now, there is a, a certain scene that happens. Sarah, do you want to? She's about, this girl is about to be uh, raped by a group of boys at, at go to high school with her. So she's like a little nerdy girl. And um, Amethyst comes in and she like basically kicks the guy's butt. Uh, all the while, John Constantine is standing in the background. Wow, I completely pulled that out of thin air. You've got to be kidding me. At the top of a hill. And you can barely see him in the panel, but he's there. And... Uh, I am psychic. Okay. I got to go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> I feel like, I think the argument online I was reading yesterday was, why is it that we have to have rape in comics? Like, why, why does that have to be a... Constant? Yeah. <laughs> Not to, no pun intended. <laughs> and, um, I get that. I think that the way it was written here, though, it, it wasn't written in a necessarily bad way. Um, but I think that in itself, like rape being something you see really frequently in comic books, I think it's a good thing to bring up. Um, but then again, like, so is violence, right? Violence is in all comics, um, in general. And I understand that rape is a violent act, but that's a different, I mean, it's a, it's a touchy subject, you know, it's a. Weird. How do you feel about it? Like, did, well, did it kind of irk you? I mean, I it, mean it's. I mean, the thing is, it, just not to cut you off, but the first time I read a rape in comic, it was the rape of Nightwing, mm-hmm. and that to me was like. Uh, and a lot of people poke fun at that. I, I don't think it's funny. Yeah, I think it's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's really creepy, and it and like when you think of rape, you don't really think of like a man being raped, but it happens it can yeah. happen you know and it's not something funny i don't think um, and then there's a huge part of identity crisis right yeah i mean so many significant moments in comics um like that i at least from not significant in a positive way but like things i remember um deal with rape and i wonder sometimes if it's it's too it's like oversaturated a lot of the plots in the books that we read like, is it happened too often? I don't know that it it's left us numb to the fact that it it's a it's a serious thing. Yeah. It, but then I again, mean, like, so is the idea of the world exploding, right? Right. I mean, that's a little bit more of a macro. It's it's less personal when like the world is going when you know and I some that, dude in a weird helmet is going to eat the world. Yeah, like, I, I feel like that's less. It's a lot harder to sort of think about. Like, well, that doesn't happen in real life. The world life. is literally <laughs> exploding, right? Um, as opposed to this, per- this character is literally being raped, and right. it's such a violent, like horrible act. It's, anyway, it's a tricky subject because you don't want to like just fully shy away from it because then you're just being naive. But you also don't want to make it like an integral part of every like female character. Which and, is right. and the thing there, like, it was it was a couple panels, and it sure. you know wasn't it was a. A, not even the main character or anything. No. Hopefully, 
I mean, again, who are they targeting with this comic? And, you know, maybe there will be some, some young female readers like, like, oh, I'm going to check out this comic and, you know, maybe I'll start reading comics. Hopefully, that they'll, they'll, if they see that, they'll, it might make them less naive about the real world because, unfortunately, stuff like that happens. Well, I mean, okay. Like, like this, I think the statistic is one in six women girls are raped that high so so if posing the question if a girl we'll name her Jean (laughs) whatever um, she had that experience she wanted to read this comic book she picks it up and goes oh hey I want to read Amethyst she's a princess and a warrior this looks like something I'd be interested in Mm -hmm. and because that that scene lasted x number of panels more than one <laughs> it like what if that sort of shies her away from wanting to treat it i mean d- tony do you feel personally that it's oversaturated the market or do you feel like it's it's just another plot point and i don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this because i don't even know how i feel about it i mean in some ways it's it's not necessary it, it shouldn't be there but again it's it is a reality and Stuff like that happen, you know. Just a whole where the okay. The setup is you you have a not popular girl at school, and you got a, one of the popular guys like, hey, let's you know, I'm interested in you. Let's go. And right. so it, there's a big setup, and she was naive. She's oblivious to the actual danger, the, the threat of danger, and so she she walked into a, a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that happens all the time. So hopefully, this could open up the eyes of other people who are not necessarily naive, but you wouldn't think why would someone do something as despicable as that? You know, that is the world that, that messed up and, you know, they might not realize that. So, but then if, if someone did experience that and reading that, you know, it could be like, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I'm trying not to think about that. You know, comics supposed to be my escape and now I'm, you know, it's, it's right here. I, I, I don't know, but it I mean, can go the other way of also like being semi, therapeutic i mean they're starting to talk about using games like like call of duty to treat post-traumatic stress disorder like because it allows them to to sort of experience it in a more potentially safe environment and like to to kind of deal with this trauma potential i don't know if it's a good idea but (laughs) yeah i mean if it works yeah like that's the thing i don't know if any of this is a good idea but all right do you have any other comics over there (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> um, that we haven't covered Birds of Prey did you read that? I, I didn't get to it Corey did you read that? Yep. Supergirl right. Supergirl was okay what was weird about Supergirl is so I, I went back and read because Super, Superboy kind of appears here if you read Superboy Zero last week or the week before I think it was last week so we see the stuff about, about Khan who's like a, a clone and he's like was like despicable or something. Oh, I forget what it, what it stands for. So we, we see like thousands of years ago, you know, Kryptonians make clones and they rebelled and they're death to all Kryptonians, all that. So, which is why Supergirl doesn't like Superboy. And, but then here it's, it's flashing. So we, we kind of get, well, actually we don't get all the answers. Um, Cause in issue 12, they address the fact that Supergirl is stronger than Superman. And part of it is because when she was in her ship, she orbited the sun or, you know, so she had a stronger um, dose of sun rays than, than Superman did, even though Superman spent his entire life 
on Earth. You know, she was out in space, and so she got more direct exposure to it. So she's stronger than Superman. That's how it's supposed to be. And we were supposed to find out, like, why that's a, you know, why was she in all this stuff? And we, we don't know. Supergirl, when she arrived on Earth in the first issue, she's in her costume, and she was thinking, like, the day before was, like, right before her trials. Right. So she's like, I'm in costume. What am I doing in costume? Where am I? You know, she didn't know what was going on. So all that's kind of cleared up. But then, just, like, out of nowhere, it's like, Superboy's in this issue. So it's hmm. like, wait, how can he be in the past and be on Krypton? Or is it Superboy? Because, you know, he's got the, the costume with the, the emblem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because there is no mention of that in Superboy Zero. So I, I don't know about that. And it's just, we'll see. I don't know. It was, I mean, I, I really liked issue 12. I didn't like this one as much. Uh, Are we going to talk about any of the comments from last week, by the way? We, uh, we were... Obviously, out of well, we, out, we did out not, of the office, you guys. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what came out last week. I know Batman Zero did. Uh, I don't know. I took umbrage with a certain part of Batman Zero. I guess that's why I'm bringing it up. I, th- I don't know. I, th- I felt like, yeah, just long story short, I felt like he was a little bit cavalier with the fact that people died on his watch. <laughs> well, he didn't really seem to care all that much. Well, he was in, I mean, he tried to avoid that. And he, when, sure, but when like, he found, he found, didn't know they died until. After his clever cover was was blown, right, and but, then it's like, well, what's he going to do? Because he obviously was in over his well, head. Like he, he, I, I'm not saying he should have like stuck around. I'm saying he like went back to the cave, and all he was was like, ah, oh, my cover was blown. I didn't. It was like, no, man, four people just died on my watch. That's really crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just kind of like, ah, oh, the batarang didn't work. It's like, yeah, and four people got killed. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. What I, was, else. I really liked it. Other than that, don't get me wrong. I yeah. thought it was. Amazing. And I, I, I love the backup. Yeah, that was was great. With yeah, all, yeah, all yeah, the yeah with the four robins, that was that or the three robins, I guess that was amazing. Uh, the um, the biggest change was Tim Drake. Yeah. So we see him at some like boarding school. Loved that. Super loved smart. Loved that. Super smart. Little little cocky. Yeah. The, the whole detective thing, like the whole detective yeah. angle. So they're they're building it up because love it. You know he's gonna figure it out. We assume. I guess we'll find. I think it's next week. Teen Titans comes out, so we'll, we'll find out um, how yeah. that plays out. All right, just getting through the rest of these. So we got X Factor two forty four, still amazing, still one of the best books on the shelf. Huge, huge things. Um, so we got some stuff up Polaris, carrying over from the last issue. Um, yeah. I keep wanting to call her. I can't call her Banshee. I mean, she's Siren <laughs> Teresa. Yeah. Well, um, she's <laughs> yeah. So big <laughs> things with that. With so her. you may not need to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we got before Watchmen. <laughs> Number three, there are some funny parts in here. Yeah, this is not great. <laughs> um, Dark Avengers, New Mutants, Venom. Oh, Avengers Academy was spectacular. I got that. I really liked really? that issue this week. I really liked it. I, I thought it was great. What was great about it? The, well, for one thing, it was a great finality. There was a great twist at the end of like, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I actually don't want to spoil that one because it's huge. But It's not huge, it's regular size. <laughs> so... The thing is, I I really like Tom Grummet, but I don't, it's, uh, I don't know, something about the art. I mean, I it, it's really not, like it. the art's not great. I'll I'll admit it's good, but it maybe, gets the job done. Maybe I like it better when he draws adults yeah. than the kids. They they look weird. Oh my goodness, Sarah! Look, X twenty three. She just got killed. Um, but no, I really liked this issue. Um, I thought it had a lot of great character development. I thought that it, it lays a lot of intriguing groundwork for whatever comes next. Did you read uh, Avengers? I did. I, I, I don't like the art here either. Really like that too? Well, yeah. 
So this is about Hawkeye and Spider Woman. I thought right? the art was better than it has been, but yes. It Dang! Does look at look at Spider Woman there. Uh, look at that figure. <laughs> look at Sarah. Sarah. No, look at look at the way she. That's like like crazy. Look at the way she's standing. Not not talking about costume. Like she can like cut someone with those hip bones. (laughs) Weird. Um. Yeah, I got to read that just because it's it's, good. Okay, I like it. Um, Batman Beyond, Mighty Thor. Continue to love Batman Beyond. So I think that's continue to think that it's the second most underrated book on the shelf. Wasn't there a Star Wars comic that came out this week, Sarah? Darth Darth Vader. Um, uh, I feel like there's something else. The last one. This is a prison for ghosts. All right, uh, let's do questions. So, unless maybe we should talk about some news first. Because right. I th- I think what I'm gonna do about for questions, I'm gonna go backwards since we got a bunch of questions from last week and we still got like questions for James that are mixed in. Um, as as. As far as news, so we we had a new Injustice trailer this week. Yes. Um, we have a release date now. <gasps> April. April 2013. Hmm. So. Cool. Uh, we, well, we don't have any more, we don't have any new character reveals. No. So that's, that's the unfortunate thing. But we do have a lot of new gameplay. Yeah. Um, was there anything, what, I'm trying to think if there's any big things. Because we, we talked about Jason Todd stuff. Mm-hmm. Talked about Dread. Yeah, we talked, talked about, about Dread. Batman Live. So maybe was there any? I, I feel like something. There's got to be more news. Was there nothing there was really? A whole lot of like huge? really big stuff happening. Oh, um, uncan- we found out Uncanny X Force. Right. So um, cable Sam Humphreys. Sam, yeah. Sam Humphreys. So yeah, last Friday they they announced Cable and X Force. So that's um Laroca and and Hopeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what and, a name, huh? Yeah. What a name. And then <laughs> Hopeless. Then on Monday they announced that. The teaser that said "Killers" with right. Sam Humphreys and Ron Garney is going to be Uncanny X Force. So we're going to have two X Force books. Cable's coming out of his coma in one. Bishop's going to be the villain in Uncanny. Mm-hmm. So we have Psylocke leading the team. Puck's going to be on a team. Storm's going to be on a team, which, is which weird. doesn't make sense because Storm's not a killer. So right. maybe she's also not like Black Ops. Like she's never been unless they need her to like create fog so that no one can see them. And and then um, Spiral. Which, Which is weird. Because, like, why would Storm want to be on, on a team with Spiral? Why would anyone want to be on a team with Spiral? Yeah. And then I think there's supposed to be three other members. Hmm. So it's, like, one that we haven't seen in a while or one that you'd never expect. And so, yeah. So it's, that's going to be interesting. And I, I guess we're going to see, like, how people, you know, are, are people going to want two X-Force comics? You know, We'll see. Because with with Marvel now, it's not like New Fifty Two where there's only going to be fifty two comics. If they're right. going to put out a new new series, something's going away. And well, and also it's a continuation. Like there is no new continuity or anything like that. Yeah. So, but what we're seeing is we're we're getting more comics because we're going to have all new X Men, mm-hmm. which is the original X Men coming to the future. We're going to have Uncanny Avengers. Now we're, I think we're so I don't even know which if. We're gonna have all like new Avengers and regular new Avengers. Avengers is ending. I want to say maybe like just... yeah. Because we're gonna have event. I think there's still an Avengers. Because I think Hick isn't Hickman doing that. Yeah. Yes. And then there's the A plus X, mm-hmm. which is like team ups. Everybody's yeah. doing that. And what someone um someone tweeted me this that for one of the covers shows Gambit and Hawkeye. So we're at, you know I, <laughs> I 
I when I interviewed James Asmus, I was like, let's see a crossover. So I yeah. guess it's gonna happen there. There we go. <laughs> um, but it, it's almost like we're we're getting because like you know, Incredible Hulk is going away for Indestructible Hulk. Right. So the, the comics are being canceled and they're they're being replaced by the same thing. But we're also seeing a bunch of new series. It seems like. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like they're saying we're just gonna give you more comics to have to choose from <laughs> it also i mean at the end of it it seems like they're just trying to shake up the creative teams yeah i mean that that that's the main thing you know people say what's marvel now about it's just taking the same you know, it's not a reboot it it's just take, taking the universe it's and switching creators around so give this it. picks up directly after avengers versus x-men yeah which comes out in a couple of weeks yep uh I think they announced this week that Amazing Spider-Man is ending with issue 700. Mm. Dan Slott has been uh, making a lot of what is going to happen in issue 700. I I don't know. That's, that's something's going to go go down. Fisto is going to reinstate their marriage and then destroy it again. Um. All right. Let's do questions. If I can find them. Uh, I'll just start asking questions. Yeah, so I'm going to go backwards, like <gasps> I said. Good. So I'm, I'm just going to go recent and work our way back because like questions that were asked last week, they might not be you know relevant, and we can't, obviously can't sit here forever and do all these questions. So the first one we're going to look at is from Christian Casares. Hmm. He says, what's up, guys? Now with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming out, I want to directed. Read. Oh, there we go. There was the big news. Tim Gunn, but James, does, James uh, Gunn, James Gunn, <laughs> Tim Gunn. Not Tim, Tim Gunn. Gunn would be a very different movie. But see, I I guess I don't see that as a big thing because that was in talks for like for a while. Sure, but and then now it's like it's confirmed. It's like so okay. it was a Mass Effect movie, but that's never yeah. going to happen. <laughs> I want to read up on these characters and Thanos, of course. What would you guys say are the quintessential series arcs events that I should read? Uh, Annihilation, uh, the Thanos Imperative, War of Kings, yeah, War of Kings, Realm of Kings, yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy book <laughs> that came out semi recently. Anything by Abnett and Lanning basically is what I would consider yeah. to be necessary reading. Those two have done such an amazing job making Marvel's cosmic stuff not only matter but also really fun to read. Because like the problem I've always had with cosmic stuff is it's like. Who are these people? Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. They're so they're so out there and so ridiculously powerful that there's no room for characterization. But there's a Nova series. Yeah, well, I don't know if you have to necessarily go there. Not and, necessarily. And but. Thanos. Um, yeah, no, I'm thinking Annihilation, where mm-hmm. Thanos had his little Ooh, that was great. mishap. Yeah, <laughs> his little mishap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, the Thanos Imperative is one of actually my favorite books that's come out in the last decade. I still like the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. I'm probably one of a few. Charlie 27, <laughs> Vance Astrovic. Oh, man. With Captain America's shield. Yeah. Frozen. Um, next question. I think I, I can leave after I read this because this is for you guys. Oh, boy. So this is from Foxfire Arts. So first, I figured that since Corey has so few questions directed to him, I'd come up with one <laughs> so that he'd I. be in a unique position to tackle. As the owner of a comic retail store, yes. I'm curious about how he handles the issue of organization of comics in his store. Is it better to keep everything as is so regular customers know exactly where to go when they come in, 
Or is it worth trying to mix things up occasionally by reorganizing to find out if something works better than the current standard? It's absolutely worth uh, trying a reorganization, but it's more it more has to do with stock than uh, anything else. Like we, for graphic novels, had to basically reorganize how we did board games because we had too many uh, graphic novels. We had to expand this, this section. Um, it doesn't behoove you in a store of our size to necessarily change things around like – Spoiler alert, the reason that grocery stores like completely overhaul their entire uh, layout so often is because is so that you'll spend more time there and buy more stuff. But in a store that isn't the size of a grocery store or certainly like a supermarket, like a Safeway, you don't really get much of a return on that. And in fact, people sort of like the familiarity of being able to go uh, straight to the section that they like <clears throat> or that they know where they're looking for something. Um, but yeah, it, it behooves you to never be too set in stone because you never know. Like, and we've moved around stuff like action figures a lot more than than comics, and especially single issues. We've basically never changed. It goes by publisher, and then our last shelf is just everything that came out for the new week, and then it's alphabetical after publisher. Yeah, I I, I find it alphabetical order mm-hmm. is is good. Yeah. Um, I know one comic store I used to go to they. They had they didn't have shelves. They had like um, kind of like bins, sort of with like shelves, and then they would always have the new comics release. So it's like there's constantly having to rotate, yeah. Because then each week, then you got to move those, put those in, in the regular spots, and do that. Yep. Which that that's good to to say. Okay, this is where the new comics are, but I also think there's something where. If you like, say, okay, this is the Spider-Man spot, and you know you put the new issue on top, sure, back issues behind her, so that way, if someone said, okay, I'm new, I'm going to get this issue of Spider-Man, right, and then oh, I can get the issue before, oh, <clears throat> the issue before that's here too, so you know, rather that's than true. if you just have the new stuff here and then the older stuff there, then it's like you have to hope that they're going to go and check, you know, the two different spots. Well, because then generally what they'll do is they'll go to the older stuff and then catch up to the new stuff. Yeah. So I, I think if it's all in one spot, then you can say, okay, here's here's the last five months of comics. That's an interesting way of, of putting it. But then, like, you know, you get some regulars who don't want a subscription box for whatever reason, and they just like being able to, to go to the new comics and, like, knowing what came out this week. Mm. Um, okay, and the next question from Foxfire. Yo. I'm interested in hearing Sarah's thoughts as a female fan – when it comes to the current run of heroines in DC's New 52 line, it feels as if there is a noticeable imbalance between how they've built their male and female characters. Barbara used to be an influential power broker as Oracle, but now she's no longer the founder of the very team she created. Uh, Selena used to be a woman from a sword past who clawed her way out of darkness to make herself the morally ambiguous hero so that, that so many admired. It wasn't dissimilar to Batman. They were self-made. She's been changed to an Oliver Twist-esque cliche who has taken advantage of or beaten down through much of her life. She even seemed glad to die. Her newfound confidence comes from being licked by alley cats and not from her own motivations. How do Magical you, alley cats. How do you think it could affect female readerships to see so many of their strong women diminish so dramatically? Well... I think that if you talk to a lot of the girls that are vocal about comics online, you'll see that they they've been they haven't hesitated in in uh, revealing how disappointed they are um, 
I think that I think I like I like to think that I look at the good um, in the books that are coming out of DC, or I try to at least. You know, from like, yes, I have my complaints about, you know, I don't like the interpretation of this character. I don't, I don't like what they did to, like, I don't really don't like what they've done to Catwoman. However, that being said, DC still has more uh, female team books and character, to, like, ongoings than Marvel. I mean, right? They also, they also have more solo books than Marvel, as I... <laughs> uh, as, as kind of a general thing. Yeah. Marvel, right. Almost all of Marvel's big books are team books. Sure. Um, but I I don't know. I think I think that that's a long <laughs> like, I need I need to think about that, I think. But I think Foxfire Art brought up some really good points. Um, uh, particularly the one about Catwoman and how she's she f- finds herself empowered by you know, through the act of being licked alive. Um, but if I were to defend that issue, which I thought was a horrible issue, um, I think that I'd probably have to say that it would be hard to, to, to empower her um, because there's no history to the character anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Since all those stories that empowered her are now obsolete. Right. Um, so maybe with time that things will change and these, these characters need time to evolve, but um, I don't know. Okay. Next comes from Adrian. Adrian the 22nd, maybe, something. Um, greetings from Switzerland. I want to say I love the podcast. It really helped me get into comics. First question for you is what kind of Batman show movie would you like to see made next? Okay. I, I liked I liked year one the uh, the or sorry Earth one, um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it did enough different with the character to to kind of make it stand on its own, but still kept to a lot of the similar themes. Um, as for a show, I don't know because it's always going to be in the shadow of that amazing animated series and even beyond, which was holy crap! What a dumb concept that was executed so well. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to see how beware the Batman does. Yeah. Um, Sarah, any thoughts? Mm, I'm not sure. What do I, you think? I'm just thankful that we're not going to have that show on um, the Graysons. The yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so personally, so Adrian, I'd love to, he says, I'd love to see a Bat Family type show which incorporates all of Robin's Batgirls seeing they haven't been used in the last few Batman movies and never went beyond Dick and Barbara in the last few Batman cartoons. Yeah, so. they haven't. That's true. Yeah. Cassandra's never been in a cartoon. Nope. Or Stephanie, right? Stephanie has not. Cassandra... Has not. Pretty sure no. No, yeah. Cassandra has not. I'm trying to think in Batman Beyond. Cause, well, Tim Drake was I mean, mentioned well, in Batman But like in, in Batman Beyond, they had Damien. They did a Wait, st- what? They did a like a, a, a future story where like Damien... With the cartoon? Yeah, in Batman Beyond. Or not Batman Beyond. Um... Brave and the Bold. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've seen every episode of Batman Beyond. I don't know. You didn't, you missed that one, Corey. Yeah, fair you're, enough. you're not a fan. That's cool. Um, but you were talking about the Batman 666 world. No. Um, 
Last question is, do you think Wonder Woman or The Flash could ever get their own cartoon series? And if so, do you think their sidekicks would make appearances? Um, I don't know about The Flash. I don't know. I think, it, you know, like, I've been watching Young Justice, and I've, I found that one of the things I really like about the show is the interaction between Jay, Wally, um, and, uh, like, I like all the Flashes, like, they're just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it would be cool to see a show with all of them. Yeah, I, th- I think that could work. But I don't think it would be work with like Flash and Kid Flash. Like I don't think that would be enough. I don't even think they'd make a Wonder Woman cartoon. I don't think they would, but I think it could work. I don't, I, don't, I don't think. You don't think it could work? I don't think so. I, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I didn't know it should be able to work, but it wouldn't. I mean, you look at all the cartoons, it's Batman. Yeah, you know, Green Lantern. I'm not sure how to. I guess the second I mean, season's coming. But I mean, you look at all the movies, and it's all Batman, except for yeah, the, yeah, all, all, all the, the all the DC <laughs> animated movies. It's either you know Batman's in there some form. It's either Batman or it's the Justice League or it's Superman, right? You know, because they they except did. For, I mean, they did the Green Lantern and Wonder Woman movies. But. Yeah, well, I mean, Green Lantern. They did a second one because he had a movie coming out, so they they can go on that. They did a really great Wonder Woman. Didn't do well, so they that's not there's not going to be another oh, Wonder Woman so movie. So great. <clears throat> So I mean that it's, so now you look at it it's, it's either Batman Superman or the Justice League with them. Yeah. You know they I think they they I mean there's still talk of doing a Flashpoint movie which like animated movie which I don't know how that could work. Yeah that'd be weird. In a 76 minute movie. Unless they're going to two parter it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you'd almost have to. Yeah. Um next is Speckins from Ireland. I hope the below response helps a person who lives in Ireland. So this, oh, so this has been a couple years ago. I used to live in Ireland, both Northern Ireland and a Republic of Ireland. Both capitals have good comic book stores. Forbidden Planet. Yes. So yeah, they're like everywhere. So that, or not everywhere, but <laughs> in Belfast, it is in city center. And in Dublin, it is in the Temple Bar area right next to <laughs> Liffey River. It's just weird that we're like giving comic directions in another yeah. country for like one person <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's there's more than one person in Ireland. Um, when I lived there three years ago, no, there's only the one person. <laughs> yeah, when I lived there three years ago in Dublin, actually, remember when I said they they, they don't use blocks? Did we talk about that on here? No. Like, and there's um someone was from Ireland. They were in New York, and they they said that they didn't they didn't understand the concept of this is like five blocks away. Oh right. And then yeah, I was yeah. like, they probably count sheep. <clears throat> And then they're like, we do in like some oh part. And then there's there's like something else besides sheep. So it's like, yeah. Anyways, um, when I lived there three years ago, Dublin used to have a great but very small comic con. One year, both Jim Lee and Mark Miller were there and only a couple hundred of attendees. I sat at the bar for 10 minutes with Mark Miller talking about Scotland and Jim Lee was sketching for free. Wow. I don't Crazy. think it still happens. That does not happen. Nope. <laughs> well, Jim Lee does occasional sketch and he'll hide it under a table or in the bathroom and right and then he'll tweet about it and go find it find it if you take votes i would vote to provide all information to spoil any plots if a listener doesn't want to hear about an issue they can play the podcast later until they can read the issue and they're worried um i can't read a lot of comics so i appreciate learning about what is going on in other books please spoil i still oh, you must have liked this podcast <laughs> yeah i i i just even though, I mean, we do the occasional spoiler articles, I just, like, when 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 I do those, and I, I think Sarah does the same thing, it's like, you, you spoil 
enough, but you don't spoil everything because, you know, you, we still want people to buy the comics. So, you know, it's this idea is like, here's this crazy thing happens. Like, wait a minute. I need to see what really happened. So but it's like if we just say, yeah, here, here's, you know, Avengers number 30. Does everything happen? You don't need to buy it now. Yeah. You can't do that. And some people like to wait for trades. Yeah. So, and it's like, you know, they can't just wait a couple of extra days until they get the comic. Yeah. Um, this is from, who's this from? first question has to do with the marvel now books um oh and that's the thing about spider-man they haven't announced new spider-man but obviously there's one coming right i don't know if dan slot is still doing that we'll have to see um without a doubt the saddest things saddest thing saddest thing for me in regards to now is that kieran gillen is leaving journey into mystery i always trusted kid loki and his supporting cast to cheer me up whenever i'm down whether from bad comics or bad guys not to mention i've been in enjoying the Everything Burns crossover with Mighty Thor more than AVX. Hmm. When a promo for Journey to Mystery 645 was released, many of its fans, myself included, thought that it was the end for Kid Loki and the return of the status quo. However, Gillian has been dropping hints on Twitter that those who like Journey to Mystery would like his currently unannounced project and the promo for Marvel Now Point One shows Kid Loki with the Wiccan and Miss America and Gillen is slated to be one of the Point One writers with artist Jamie McKelvey. Hmm. So my question is, this uh, I'm gonna, it's yes. Would you like to see a new Young Avengers ongoing? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't even think we need to say <laughs> just, yes. If so, would you want um, Gillen McKelvey doing it? Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Kid Loki's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Heinberg has done an amazing job. Yeah, but yes. he's he's his plate's full. Yeah, and, I know. Which and, is why we don't get an, an young event. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. yeah. Personally, Children's Crusade. He hadn't lost a step. That was amazing. Personally, I'd be extremely happy with um, one of my favorite characters on the only Avengers teams that I really followed issue by issue. Uh, although I will say the previews of Hickman Opeña now book are tempting. Also, small DC question: Was it just me, or did the shade number twelve seem more like a zero issue than some of the ones we got? <laughs> Certainly more than New Guardians. Or um, P.S. issue was great and may very well be my issue of the year. James isn't here, so you don't have to kiss up to him. Bah. <laughs> Where are you, James? Um, and then there's another one from the scholar. Just sent a question in regards to Young Avengers. Young Avengers. A little more evidence new ongoing is coming. It's interesting to note that in a preview of Avengers The Hunger Games... <laughs> that's not what it's called you know what it's avengers battle royale like yeah. it's <laughs> none of the young avengers members are among them i i i'd never seen battle royale so that's why i it's, I, it's I, all right it's i said um hunger games because you have an arena and the hunger games you know, you got all these young whatever not necessarily young but they were tended to be young they had to fight and there's deaths i don't know if the avengers have to fight each other or if it's fight for survival but yeah, so that's but, why I mean, I call that, that iconography that they're using, like the black and white picture with the X's. Yeah, yeah, that's total, totally, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I saw it, when, you know, that was pointed out to me, like, right away, but... Also, this isn't a popular opinion, but the movie is titanically overrated. The manga is amazing. Battle Royale? Yeah. 
I like Johnny. Hunger Games. No, I have not read nor seen the Hunger Games. I've, I, I, they're, 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 they're good. Better than the movie, I will say. Hunger I Games. I didn't enjoy the movie. Way better than the movie. I mean, there's the the movies. The movie was well done with the the scenery and, and our, you know the locations, all that. Does such a disservice in terms of the characters. It's like True. you don't you don't really feel from what, what what are in the books. Well, and that's the problem with the movie for Battle Royale, kind of ironically, is that you don't get to know any of the characters because it's like a cast of 25 students or 15 students in a 90-minute movie. Whereas I, with the manga, it's 15 volumes. I'm pretty sure it's actually one volume per student. So I prefer Johnny Royale. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. I applaud... Powers? Really? Wow, what? you're, you're, getting, you're no. getting obscure. What? Powers? Yeah. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, what are you talking about then? Uh, maybe I should leave it ambiguous. All right then. For those who don't know, um, read the comics comments. So um, I'll applaud the first person. I guess they're just going to Google it. Well, yeah, I guess they got to listen to this part in a podcast. So first person that that clarifies who the heck Johnny Royale not is. Not the one from Powers. Not from Powers. Okay. I don't know what that is. The the guy who could teleport. No, well that that's probably where they got the name from. Yeah, okay. Right, is a nod uh, to this other thing. Uh, Dina rips his arm off accidentally yeah. because she's holding onto him and he teleports away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got to catch up on Powers. I've only read the first. I'm waiting until it's three. done. Like I'm so sick of the the release schedule and the rebooting. There's like the a million trades and, though, and it's like it's and fourteen, like, but like different many. publishers and that's like it's all under different. Icon now. Yeah, different printings and editions, and yeah, it's insane. That's why I'm waiting for it to finish. I'm like, okay, I really want to read it, but I, I'm gonna wait. And then I started buying when it went to Icon. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start buying the single issues. So when I do get caught up, I can months. read those. And then it's like, wait, now I don't even know where to sing. They're all scattered. Yeah. Anyway, okay, Jason Rutgazer, Geyser. Hey, G Man, Sarah, Corey. It's, I don't have a first name. Everyone calls me nope. G Man, which whatever. That's fine. Um, and not James. I have been listening to the podcast for some time and want to say you always do a good job in these and, and release quality, uh, a quality production, except for one I have to read. And um, <laughs> on the forums, I use the name Lorex and my real name is Jason. I am a giant X-Men fan, have been for several decades. Yes, I am in my late 30s <gasps> and I am a bit of a continuity stickler. Uh-oh. It irritates me to <laughs> no end. Fan, you say. <laughs> it irritates me to no end when a new title in X Men line launches and Wolverine seems to have been have to be involved. I like Wolverine, but I feel the character is really being spread thin. So yeah, this is going on for a long time. Wolverine is one of many Marvel's flagship characters, and this means he will appear in more monthly titles. I feel there are too many writers trying to put their own touch on a character, which leads to various titles being subpar quality. And events that may be crucial in one are never mentioned in another, and this really bugs me. Um, there are good titles. It seems like Marvel is afraid to have a, an ongoing X-Men team book without him. Case in point, the reshuffle of Astonishing X-Men has Wolverine in it, and Extreme X-Men has Howlet, an alternate reality version of Wolverine. I've seen several people on Comic Vine comment that there are some poor quality Batman titles, partly due to oversaturation of character. Do you think publishers are more than willing to take a chance on a marginal title with Batman or Wolverine in it, despite the fact there are eight to ten titles with those characters? Basically, yes, they will do that. Tell it to Scott Summers. The dude has never had an ongoing. (laughs) Which is so bizarre, (laughs) right? Yeah. I mean, even as he's had a couple of limited series and I think they didn't sell well. Like, I don't think. That's why he's so angry now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Um, and I mean, look at Gambit. Like, he's one of the most you know, allegedly popular characters, and they just gave him his own solo series. And is it going to sell well? I, I did not <laughs> like the the Sun Gambit alternate whatever. Uh, like, some weird, I don't even, I can't, I don't even want to think about what. What are what, you? It's like, so he, I think he's had two ongoing series before. Oh, okay. Gambit? And there was, I think so. It was he's one or had, two. I think he's had three. Well, he's added some miniseries. Like, the first six-issue miniseries was great. Um, I, th- I think it was the first one. But there is one ongoing that just got crazy. Anyways, yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, you can't always just blame the publisher because they, they – it seems like a lot of times when they do take chances, the fan base doesn't follow them. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Batman's going to have lots of comics. Wolverine's going to be in a lot of comics. Sure. Um, just like you're going to have a lot of X-Men and a lot of Remember Avengers. when Deadpool had six ongoing comics? <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing not to diminish my own point but I saw a recent advertisement for the relaunch of X-Force and Marvel Now and the lineup's completely revamped without Wolverine or Psylocke present um, not uncanny though Yeah. Um, the team will be okay yeah Cable and X-Force which makes me happy as Cable's one of my favorite characters I know Sarah has been a Hugh Hugh fan like Hugh Hugh Jackman fan yeah. of uncanny X-Force and want to know what she thinks as it has been cons- consistently good for some time back to when it was just called X-Force. Sarah? I don't really understand the question. What do you, how do you feel about Uncanny new, X-Force? New roster? Or yeah, about thing? Cable and X-Force and the new Uncanny oh, X-Force. Oh, you mean the two separate series? And, and the, the Uncanny X-Force. I'm a, little, I'm a little bit sad because I'd like really loved Rick Remender's run so yeah. much and but, but you, know, you know what though he's he's like killed off all the characters I really like anyway and I'm open to change like it, it will be interesting I'm sure and uh, Cable on an X-Force book makes sense I think as far as Cable's well, he started character it. goes so you know it, it'll be it'll be different and interesting and what I think people need to remember the last X Force series, um, Chris Yost, Craig Kyle, that was like the greatest thing ever. And when it ended, it was like, "It's that sucks." Who's this Rick Remender guy? He's gonna be doing it. And then it's not little be did we know? Holy moly! Yeah. So I mean, go yeah. back and, and read. I think it was twenty five issues, twenty five or twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, the previous X Force, and that that was great. Yeah. I mean that that's what started the whole X Men can kill now, and so well, some of them. <laughs> like, did they ever? Did they ever really? Uh, discuss or was it ever talked about anywhere other than X-Force the relationship between Wolverine and Domino or was that just something that happened in X-Force yeah it was just an X-Force sex and violence violence. sort of sex and violence remember that series sex sex and violence (laughs) that was was a good series it was no wait we're talking about two different series sir oh I'm talking about S-A-C-H-S and is this, is this something that actually happened, or are you it was just George? A no, it was, it was um, it was George Perez. Oh, and it was it was there is nudity. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, anyways, next question. Uh, J Thunder One Hundred One, also known as Brett. Over the years, I have gravitated towards some of the lesser known characters at DC and Marvel. Those who don't have the hot, the profile of uh, Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, Spider-Man, Hulk. Um, don't get me wrong, I like those characters a lot, but sometimes I like to read characters that have a few surprises and stories that have not been told over and over again. I think 
It is really cool when a good writer can take a character that was a joke for many years and turn them around and really do something with them. A prime example would be Catman in Gail Simone's Secret Six a few years ago. I've also become a fan of The Shadow Pact in recent years. Oh, I love Shadow Pact. With characters like Blue Devil, Ragman, Nightmaster, and especially Detective Chimp getting I, new leases on life. God, I love Bill Willing and Shadow Pact. My question is, what are your favorite characters that started out as a bad joke on someone's part but have been transformed in the hands of a good writer and turned into a personal favorite? Luke Cage is a huge one. Like Bendis really not only brought him back, but brought him back into the spotlight. <clears throat> I've uh, I've never been interested in Hawkeye before, so. Hmm? Would that Tony, be the, I know you're a big Hawkeye fan yep. even before the series yep. started. Would but, that be more the series or the movie though? Would you say that got you like kind of intrigued by, mm, by Hawkeye? The movie, hmm. yeah. <laughs> I love Jeremy Renner. He's great. He's very good. Um, joke characters. I mean, I mean, but, but even like like Squirrel Girl, Bendis is you know made her. Yeah. You know, well, that was actually Dan Slott with uh, Great Lakes Avengers or uh, GLA Misassembly. Um, yeah, the Doctor <laughs> Doom thing, but yeah. Well, that was that was way back, way back in the day. I'm more talking about the the more. I think it was 2003. I want to say that came out in. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of other joke characters. I mean, you know, Luke Cage wasn't a joke, quote unquote, character. He was just super hokey. <laughs> yeah. Sweet Christmas. In yellow satin shirt, tiara. I mean, I it, and kind of. Attached to that, Iron Fist fell out of favor, certainly, until, uh, was it Brubaker? Fraction, the, well, Fraction and Brubaker. Yeah, with Immortal Iron Fist. And then kind of David Asha. him awesome. Yeah. I don't know, joke characters. I mean, Hawkeye wasn't a joke character, I just wasn't interested no. in him. I mean, he was kind of silly when he first was introduced, though. He was like a circus performer who was fighting Iron Man with a bow and arrow. Like, that was, you want to talk about a mismatched, like, group. <laughs> I don't know. Tony, what do you think? About Hawkeye or in general? No, I, about the question. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of, like, um, who could be a joke character. Um, oh, Stephanie Brown was kind of, like, yeah, she's, she's lame. And then, yeah. and then she sort of came into her own in Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even in the beginning of Batgirl. No. I mean, it was like, as it a was series before. progresses. Yeah, as spoiler and as Robin. Yeah. I liked her as spoiler. I didn't like her as Batgirl in the beginning, but then as the series progressed, it, it got you know I really grew to um, like new it. level of respect for her. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like villains, <laughs> like like I mean you could say like the lizard was always a joke character, and and obviously Dan Slott has gone over the top with him. Right, Molecule Man with that Dark Avengers arc that was really really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some, um, and but then now there's characters are getting turned into jokes. Sure, Catwoman. Oh, Catwoman's a joke now. Uh, this is from Joe. It's a spoilers for Spider-Man. Hmm. So I don't. Okay, do you think that Peter Parker is trying to get rid of Alpha? Wait, um, from what I've read on the internet, negative versus oh. I think he's trying to say is, do we think Peter is going to get trying to get rid of Alpha because people on the internet don't like him? I don't know. I don't, I don't think. I think whatever the story is, I don't think he's place. trying to get rid of Alpha. Period. Yeah. Do you think that perhaps a more traditional approach to giving Spider-Man a sidekick would have been better received, such as having the same power set or similar history, other than scientific experiment? Um, 
such as Miles Morales and his relationship to his uncle. I I kind of I I like that he's not a spider based character because mm-hmm. that would be I think that would be too cliche. Yeah. Um. You know, it worked for like Flash and, and Kid Flash, but I I think that's fine. And this is a different take where it's not like, hey, I, you're going to be my sidekick, cool. And then you know, it's there's tension and you know you don't, there's unpredictability. So I I think it's fine. Um. Personally, so Joe says I thought. It was interesting but poorly executed, especially since it seemed that Alpha is overpowered and incredibly unlikable. I think that's part of the point, and I think that's yeah. that's the story. And the story's not over yet, so we have to see what the heck's going to happen, whether this is going to be resolved next issue or if it's something that's going to happen in issue 700. We don't know. So, Also, do you think that John Blake from The Dark Knight Rises should be introduced in the comics? I say no. No. Sarah? No. It did not go well with Nick Fury Jr. It will not go well with that. <laughs> okay. Um, Carlo Cicilli, um says, Hello from Montreal, Canada. A eh? mm. new listener to the podcast and I'm totally enjoying them. A eh? I don't believe you until you say something in French, eh? <laughs> um, you guys are oui. great. I'm a huge big time comic book fan. Started well, collecting cool. them about 17 years ago. And that's am now. Like, that's like, are you, are you doing that on purpose, Tony? I'm reading the are email. Are you adding A's and a boot? Because yeah. that's, that's such an Ontario Shh. thing. I'm, I'm drinking. That's totally I'm not. I'm reading. You look totally right here. Not a read. Quebec oh, you don't have your glasses. You can't read it. I have contacts in today. Thank you. I have very a friend much. from Canada who has absolutely. Gets infuriated when I make fun of her about that. <laughs> okay, so he started collecting the 17s, now 42. And similar to you, Tony, I teach at the high school level. I teach math. What was your subject? I also taught, taught mathematics. Did you really? Yeah. I thought you were a science teacher for nope. some reason. I majored in math math, hmm. math education. I did not know that. Taught AP statistics, pre-calculus, Oof. algebra. I'm no good with math. It adds up. Um. You know what I used to say? People would say the homework was hard. So I'd say it's not hard. It's just paper. <laughs> oh, you're one of those teachers. Right. <laughs> I had one of those for algebra. He was really, he was actually a really great teacher. Another one, they said, it doesn't make sense. I said, does it make dollars? God, what? What? Nyet, nyet. Um, one of my favorite, favorite all-time, com- that's what it says right here. All-time comics is Fantastic Four. I sense Sarah has an affinity for the FF2. I do. So, so how, how come everyone thinks like Sarah's the only one that likes Fantastic Four? I think Four? it's just because I review them. I've been Probably. reading Fantastic Four since issue 273. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way longer than Sarah has. But I still and it's like, like them. Sarah's the only one that likes Deadpool. That's Wait, not true either. No, My no, freaking screen no, name no, is on Deadpool, doesn't matter, Corey. <laughs> Sarah said a couple times that she really likes Deadpool, so she's she's the only Deadpool fan in the world. No, no one else. She's, Tony, stop. Don't be such a hater. Um, however, and the, the fact is, Sarah wasn't even on board the Jonathan Hickman train when he first pulled out of the That's station. That's true. That's true. I, I remember I sitting remember in the yeah. basement of the Sausalito office wow. back when I had my lair. I remember, remember reviewing like one of the first issues. I was like, holy crap. This is like going back like such like – not necessarily like the, the – it's, what was silver? I don't, know, I don't want to call it silver age when Marvel it first age. started, the Marvel age, whatever. I mean, it had such a feeling. You know, it was adventure, family. 
Yeah, it was good stuff. Definitely go back, get all of the Jonathan Hickman trades, read yes, them all. Tony, we all that. like Fantastic Four. However, since not me, since I hate it. The whole War of Four Cities story arcs, I am so confused and have a hard time seeing where the FF is headed. Yes. Yeah, Hickman, Hickman doesn't too. slow down and ask for directions; he just plows on ahead. Yep. WTF is going on? I was just curious if you guys, Tony, Sarah, Corey, and invited guests. We didn't invite anyone. Have any favorite <laughs> FF story arcs? Tony's better equipped to answer this question. Yeah, but you know, Sarah, reading, no, Sarah, you're the only fan. Two seventy-four, seventy-three, whatever. That was that was also the, I, I think that might have been. Tony, stop taking it so personally. I think that might have been the, the first. I'm talking, sir. I think that might have been the first Ooh. appearance of um of of Nathaniel Richards because the cover is like like what father you're the warlord <gasps> and you see him yeah, Nathaniel. Yeah, I'm actually not a huge fan of this Fantastic Four. Um, really? I I For really reason, I really like the. John Byrne run. There's some lot. He did a long run. There's some good stuff. I mean, it was John Byrne that made Sue the strongest member of the Fantastic Four, where it's like she had the most potential. Didn't I mean, she also have a terrible outfit? She had a. Was that the post Richard's one. death where she's got the hole in the yep. Yeah. the top? Yep, that makes <laughs> her powerful. But yes. she was. I mean, she, she was possessed. Force fields out of it. She got possessed by malice. Just ask Power Girl. She hasn't like come up with her own logo, so it's an empty. That's the emptiness that she You're feels for her husband's death. You're going to a bad place, death. anyway. Right. Tony, I, I, I'm not going to. So you were saying John Burns? Run. Um, one of my favorites and most powerful arcs was when Invisible Woman lost her second child during labor. Reed was going crazy trying to prevent the death of her child. Even enlisted the aid of Doc Ock, foremost <laughs> expert in radiation. And in the end, I figured they might be using him to like deliver it because he's got all those extra plans. Nope. I mean, see, I mean, this was like an emotional comic, and you're just making fun of it. It's true. I am. And in what the end, even Reed's much vaunted intellect couldn't prevent the tragic loss. I thought that moment made comic book history. I mean, it's true. I mean, this that's uh, it blows away. I mean, I love Hickman. I love his run, but I mean, this is just great stuff. All right. On the other side of that coin, I will say that there was an issue where. I can't remember who it was, but people were kind of like, why exactly is she with him? Like, he seems like this distant. No, there's like, been moments where they've I, And I know one of them that I really liked was like, he, he sort of created this like micro universe that exists on this super accelerated scale. And he was like, here, this is some music that their greatest composers for the civilization that existed for like six seconds composed. There's never been anything like it. And there never will be anything again. And it's for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is wow. That's. That's an anniversary present. <laughs> um, I also love most arcs that involve Galactus and humans or Doctor Doom. That's pretty much 99% of our plots, huh? What are your favorite FF stories? There we go. Anyways, love you guys. The wealth of comic book knowledge you guys have is astounding. Cheers. Comic book guy, La- Lavel. Hmm. Incidentally, I think Sue Storm Richards has the best powers in the Marvel Universe. The applications of her force field are limitless. One final question. Since Invisible Woman has a power to turn... Invisible objects visible, can she project visible force fields? Interesting. Hmm. It would make it much easier to climb down or up these things <laughs> if she was, say, forming stairs to help people caught in a fire, don't you think? Hmm. Death. Yeah. P.S.S. Corey, what's your Twitter name? Can't seem to find you. It's Undeadpool, but it's got two zeros instead of two O's because apparently there already was an Undeadpool when I signed up for that account. I thought you were just trying to be like, clever like nope so matrix like yes of you yep that's me all right love the matrix (laughs) um okay um 
I also like when Doctor Doom died and he transformed his mind. Um, Christoph's stories. Hmm. That was good. Um, I actually love Doctor Doom. If I had to say, he was he's probably my favorite uh, villain of the Marvel U. Travis says, "Did any of you ever go to San Diego Comic Con before you worked for Comic Vine?" I still haven't gone to San Diego Comic Con, so no. Sarah, um, maybe. You maybe went to Comic Con before Comic Vine. Oh, I thought I thought the question was, would you go? Sorry. Oh no, did you ever? No, not San Diego. Yeah, I never did I, either. Yeah, I went to WonderCon. I but. went to New York, but not San Diego. So you were thinking, would you go if you weren't working for Comic Vine? Uh, if I'd never worked for Comic Vine, I might go. But having been there, it's a madhouse. Yeah, and I mean, just I've had friends who have gone, and it just sounds like a logistical nightmare. It's just, it's very hard to to go if you if you're not with a company sure. like Comic Vine, and it's not made easier because you're press. And it's not made easy if you're press. It's less expensive. Well, okay, there's that. I thought you meant like actually. Getting you, around or talking, you get to, a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this next question is invalid. If so, did you meet any people in the industry there, writers, artists? Um, did you meet someone you would later end up interviewing? Well, I can say I I have gone to other like smaller conventions in in the Chicago area that were like not as it, it was like a hotel ballroom with like a bunch of dealers and there'd be like one or two writers or artists. Or I mean, that was like the first time I met um, Derek Robertson was in the nineties when he was doing um new warriors hmm. and i had a, he did a sketch for me of nova and, and he's like i should pay you to get that sketch back because he didn't like it. I, I still like it. i think it's cool um i met uh so yeah i mean we've talked to him a lot we should get him in here sometime soon indeed um because i think yeah i'm happy it's coming out soon i think it so is week. um i also met I uh um who is there's someone else, um, and I'm just blanking on his name. Um, is it Adam Molina? No. He did He did some, like, Warlock, and he did some Spawn. Oh, uh, Angel Medina? Angel Medina, that's it. And I got a, a sketch of him, um, Adam Warlock and Thanos, which nice. is, is pretty cool. Um, I met Larry Stronum, who did X-Factor. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Um, I don't know if I... But what I think is weird is like, you know, Howard Mackey and someone brought this question up. They're like, you know, where's Howard Mackey been? You know, because, you, you know, this person, I think it was, was one of the questions that people asked me. They're like, I was looking back at all, a lot of my favorite comics from 90 and I saw, you know, Howard Mackey's name was on there. It's like, where's he at now? And, you know, he's doing Ravagers now. Right. So it's it's weird. And then, you know, we've emailed a couple of times. So it's like every once in a while, it's like even like, like you know, Scott Lobdell, you know, it's like Generation X. And when he... I, he kind of took over X-Men when Chris Claremont, you know, got whatever t- fed up and left. Sure. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird talking or like Peter David, you know, it's like all these people that you, you read and then it's like, well, actually, no, not Peter. But yeah, yeah, no, it is Peter David. So, so yeah, it's very weird um, talking to these people and you read, read them. Mm-hmm. P.S. When I was there for the first time this year, I got autographs from Rob Liefeld, Robert Kirkman, Dan DiDio, James Tinian, Scott Snyder. Um, and best of all, Stan Lee, since you interviewed him before, I think we can all agree that Scott Snyder is a really nice guy and loves his fans. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's a mensch. I also bought a John Romita senior variant Avengers number one of the current series signed by him and Stan Lee. I already have it 
have my tickets for all four days and preview nights uh, next year. And so excited. So then here's a picture of his comic. Oh, sign. cool. And it's even CGC graded. Neat. So that's from, from Travis. Um, okay. So this is from Corinton. Hello there. Thanks for your amazing podcast. Um, You're welcome. In Batman Zero, it's confirmed. Uh, I don't know if we should talk. Get into this. Uh-oh. It was confirmed that Bruce Wayne was not yet Batman six years ago, so he never met all his enemies, Raish and Talia included. But six years later, he is around. Has ten year old son Damien. We saw in Batman Robin Zero that Damien was born as a baby and not from a whatever machine that makes people grow faster. Out of frack, is it possible? Can't sleep anymore. Please give me an answer. Please Uh-oh. Give me an answer right now. <laughs> um, also says thanks for and sorry for my poor English. I'm French, um, so he wants go, he wants you to say Jaime La France. Je t'aime La France. Like, he wants I love Corey, France? Corey to say that. Oh. <laughs> I don't. You're not going to be happy with how I say. How would is, is, is it? I love France. How is it I don't know. It's, it's it's like Jamie with an apostrophe. Yeah. After yeah. The, je t'aime. France. Je t'aime France. Sweet. All right, there you <laughs> I go. I think I think that's the worst French. Pro- probably. I ever. took Spanish in. So in I apologize for my high poor school. pronunciation. I apologize as well. <laughs> okay. So um, I brought that up when I when I did the review of Batman. I, I mentioned the Damien thing and the, the time thing and. Yeah, we we've gone over it. It makes no sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's the end of it. That's that's the, at the end of the day. <laughs> I, don't know, I mean, there's nothing. I guess it's just something you just gotta say. Well, okay, let's overlook it. Um, Super Dan says, "I really want to expand on my comic reading, and I'm really into the historical and magical example, the Salem witch trials. They are magical in belief, but are rooted in history. I tried Salem's Daughter before I knew who Xenoscope was." They are good yeah. books, kind of, but I would like something a little more serious. Any suggestions? Corey, you work in a comic book store. Come on. It's true, I do. That's why I have so many choices. So, historical and magical. Historical and magical. What about, um, I mean, Demon Knights isn't really historical, but it's yeah, but, set in the past. Um, oh maybe my God. old old stories with what's-his-face. Uh, what's the one about the toys who are fighting the boogeyman? Um... Toys fighting the boogeyman. Yeah, something legend. Um, stuff of legend. That's it. It's a, it like takes place in kind of a World War One era, and it's about a little boy who gets abducted by the boogeyman, and his toys have to find him. That's have so to go to another cute. dimension and find him. And yeah, it's it's got gorgeous art. It's really well written. Um, yeah. Um, it's uh, severed was not again not necessarily historical, but it takes place like an early. Last century, early 20th century. Sure. So that was um, Scott Snyder and Scott Tuft. I mean, that was more serious. Uh, not really magical, but there's kind of boogie. From man. Hell is uh, not magical, but it's very serious and very historical. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think there's a big demand for magical yeah, or historical. Um, I don't know. 
I'm sure as soon as we leave this room, we'll we'll think of like half a dozen things. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that is how it happens. So maybe people will put in the comments if, if we they can say you guys didn't think about this. And it's like nope, we didn't. Nope, we sure didn't. Um, Tobin, Ray Uh just wanted to comment a bit. I watched Star Wars episodes four through six much before one through three came out. However, because these one through three came out in theaters in my lifetime, they were my Star Wars. I remember being sick and staying home from school, but then going to the midnight show with my brother for episode three, and it was just a really great time. That's cute. I don't care if people rag on the stories or the acting. They are still epic movies, and they matter to the people that care about the franchise. I love all six, and I think that people that rag on one through three need to go suck a saber. A lightsaber, that is. Damn! You're clearly not really... really funny. You can say, yeah, you're not really interested in debating this. I, I, I agree. I mean... I, I I feel the same way he does. I grew up with those movies too, so But see and here's the I thing. Like them all. Here's the thing, age myself. I saw episode four in in theaters. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it in theaters. So I love the original trilogy, you know, and I, I've said, you know, my, my daughter has a Star Wars esque name scheme. And the second trilogy, one through three they don't compare. I, I see it. They're, they're related, obviously. It's a different franchise. You know, to say the, the stories are watered down, Jar Jar Bings, blah, blah, blah. So it's just whatever. If you don't like them, just keep your, your original trilogy. Just focus on that. Because you have all the expanded books, too. It's like, do they fit in? You know, are, are they canon? You know, do they matter? You know, are they well written? <laughs> so it's just, and, and it always. I'm not saying people shouldn't have an opinion. If they don't like something yet, they're entitled to their opinion. But I, I, I never liked the, if like when I used to listen to radio more often. You know, someone would say, "Oh, this is this is stupid, this is ridiculous." But it's like if it's something that I like, and you're saying that, you're basically saying that my opinion that I'm an idiot for thinking that. So it's just like I don't want to listen to you. So I, it's just I don't see the need to to bash on. I mean, you can say I didn't like it. This didn't work for me. This is why. But then to say that you're ridiculous for liking it or, you know, I don't know. And, you know, I'm, I'm someone who liked both Dragon Age 2 and Mass Effect 3's ending. So I'm used to defending causes that the Internet at large completely despises. So don't get me wrong on that. But I don't know. I just it, it feels like I, I guess I can sum it up with it feels like characters in one through three do things because the script demands that they do, not because of any real motivation. Tobin also says <laughs> um, Chewbacca's name is funny because in Spanish, vaca. Baca is a word for cows. He chews cows. <laughs> is the renumbering for Deadpool resetting with Marvel now? Pretty sure, yes. Yeah, Marvel loves their renumbering. Um, like one of the things, so, um, so I, I guess I made a good point, not to brag on, on Twitter. It was uh, Inferior Ego. He, he was complaining. He's like, how many times has Marvel renumbered their books after big events? He's hating on Marvel. So what I said... Once. And I said, and this answer has been renumbered. But, so he, he, that, that's, that's not the good point. The, the point is, I hate the renumbering of issues. I hate it. Like, sure. Spider-Man's reaching issue 700. All that's gone. Same thing with, with the Marvel books. I, it's, it's, I don't like it. I, it's an it's a insignificant thing. I like the continuity to know this is how long the book's been in existence. I don't like that like Captain America kept getting renumbered. And then they're like, let's go back to original numbering. Here's issue 600. And then, oh, wait, now we're going to go launch a new series and give this other series this numbering. So it's ridiculous. But 
if it gets new readers, if people are like, here's Spider-Man number one, all right. I can, they they know that it's not the but very it first just appearance. Barely does, like, but they know. But it someone moves the needle so. Little. Someone might say this is the first issue. Okay, I don't need to worry about what happened seven hundred issues ago. This is rel- or even if it's like at issue five, it's like okay, I can probably go back. I can maybe find these issues. I can read it. I don't have to worry about what happened. Even though it's not saying everything in the seven hundred issues is erased. If it can bring in new readers. And you know, may, maybe it's not happening here. Maybe it's in certain areas, whatever, certain countries. But that also only works for such a limited amount of time. Because once you start getting up into like the double digits, people just look at that, and it's like. But if still, it's, if it's issue fifty or fifty, it might as well be issue five hundred. Nah, I don't agree with that. I yeah, in no. people's minds, yeah. Nope, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Carroll, if a comic issue was filmed verbatim as live action, this is, this is too bad. James isn't here. This mm-hmm. would be good for him. How long do you think it Maybe would run? Is, oh, I'm not going to do my James impression. Um, I pretty long. I mean, uh, I feel like it takes it. It what is it? About a minute. Uh, a page of script is about a minute of film. It says it takes me on average 15 minutes to read one issue, but I'd guess it would take longer to actually play out on screen. However, the first episode of Astonishing X Men Gifted Motion Comic only runs for 10 minutes, so maybe not. Hmm. I think uh, yeah, it, it does depend on. On the the comic, um, like what's going on, Um, some scenes could be condensed and, you know, you don't have to explain things. And I mean, some comics, like sometimes there's a lot of word because they have to describe everything that's going on. How do you feel? And all that word and movie, you can... You shouldn't be relying on the. Although he's he's saying verbatim. But see, I don't don't think you could... It wouldn't work verbatim. You couldn't do it verbatim because, you know, you don't have to say... Hey, Hawkeye, you know, last time when you got this or, or you're now you're wearing this costume and, you know, I mean, I think the best example of this would be Sin City where they literally used the comics as storyboards. And, you know, mm-hmm. it took like four volumes, but they managed to get a movie out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So maybe or three volumes, I, I think guess. that question is best suited for James since he's actually written. Both. Film. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Brunel. Says, G-Man, you really made me laugh this week. So this is 13 days ago. Um, the moment I give you a compliment for pronouncing my name correctly, you start to pronounce it. It's Brunel. I think, B- didn't B- we read this one already? Um, he's thanked us for oh, okay. saying it. So B-U-R-N-E-L. Brunel. 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 Yes. Because yeah, so he, he threw me off with it and saying about like Kal-El, but it's right. Brunel. But he's like everyone calls it. But it's like he was. I thought he was saying that it was wrong. So I was like, I maybe I did have it wrong. Right. Like because it's not Brunel's Brunel. Okay. Um, it was particularly funny as there was so much talk about mispronouncing things the other week. Um, I did read X Factor two forty three. Corey, I thought it was really tragic, not just for Polaris but for Magneto too. He Ooh, lost yeah. his first child Anya in a fire. Wasn't clear if she burned to death or died from jumping from the building, but but either way, it happened in front of him. I love X Factor. This was what actually pushed him over the edge. He had to cope with what happened to him in the Holocaust up to that point. Anya was about the same age as Lorna was in Peter David's issue. It was testament to how far he had fallen by that point in his life that he gave up his second chance at being a father to begin his war in humanity. I felt sorry for Lorna that her life had been ripped apart. She's three and her da didn't even pick her up to hold her after the death of her mother. Maybe he felt it would be more difficult for him to leave her if he did that, though. He said he wanted her to have a normal life, and it was clear he was a terrorist at that point. It's particularly sad for Polaris because she was adopted by her mother's sister-in-law. You would wonder if her adoptive parents are still talking to her now if they know 
she isn't their niece. Or, wait. Um, I've never gotten an impression that anyone in Lorna's life really loved her, which is probably why she and Havoc clung onto their blatantly unhealthy and codependent relationship for so long. Really hoping the romance in Uncanny Avengers isn't going to be Havoc and Scarlet Witch. Seems doubtful. Would yeah. would the Scarlet Witch really date a guy? Who, yeah, I don't know why, but that's creepy. <laughs> would Scarlet Witch really date a guy who left her little sister at the altar? Icky. Yeah, that's probably weird. not. <laughs> Speaking of Scarlet Witch, as you know by now, I hate the whole Scarlet Witch decimation storyline. Yeah. Sarah has what happened to Cassandra Kane, and Corey has Spider Man's satanic annulment. <laughs> if you're passionate about comics, I'm certainly not the only It one. seems to be almost a rite of passage to have something. That happened in a medium that you utterly revile. What's yours, G-Man? I don't think it's come yet, and there must be something. So, wait, so what are we saying here? Let me uh, let me actually clarify. The Spider-Man annulment is not my most hated. Uh, what it is, is? Uh, Kevin Smith retconning Black Cat, uh, her origin, instead of like you know becoming a thief because it, she thought it would be fun and she wanted to follow in her father's footsteps. Uh, it was because some frat boy molested her. Thanks. <laughs> that was such a necessary retcon. <laughs> And because she is one of my fa- absolute favorite characters, so I loved the fact that she was so fun-loving. So why don't you call yourself Unblack Cat Pool? <laughs> <laughs> with, with zeros. What, what is your answer pre- to this I'm question? I'm pretty sure that you just answered your own question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Is it Spider-Man's uh, marriage to Mary Jane? I mean, that, that does there bother me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, so, so we're talking about basically like a big retcon. Yeah. Or just or something that or like like a big change. That, yeah, Not even a big change, but just yeah, just something that that yeah. I I didn't like under your skin. I didn't like Spider Man the other. I know there people loved it. I mean, I don't know people who loved it. I, a lot of people seem to like that the, the whole spider totem. I liked that, that um, but not the other storyline. I mean, I I think it's ridiculous. Like, oh, Spider Man body died, but it was reborn. Oh, that was and terrible. He grew in a cocoon, and <laughs> he's got these shafts that pop out of his arms a lot of people forgot about that really um quick. i uh scarlet spider ben riley getting killed i don't know if that's not really i mean he was killed because marvel tried telling people that the clone was the real and the real one was a clone See, that was the mistake no. and and so yeah so because of that they're like well we got to get rid of ben riley because people are so upset about it. i don't think they need to do that so i don't know if that's that counts yeah. um i think that would count i don't know um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, part of it, when something big and drastic happens, I'm kind of looking at it. It's like, well, you know, probably that's because everything's always cyclical. Like yeah. I remember a lot of times they would change a costume and people would flip out. They changed Superman's costume. They gave changes powers, lightning powers, blue and white costume, ridiculous. People had to fit, but I was just like, all right, this, this, it's not going to stay like this forever. He's going to yeah. go back. Spider-Man got a black costume. Really cool. He went back to his regular costume. Iron Man, instead of a red and yellow costume, was red and white. Went back. Thor grew a beard. He shaved it off. He grew it again, shaved it off. Yeah, so, and it's just like, you know, Hulk turned gray. He's back to green. So, <laughs> whenever they, they do these big changes, I kind of, I mean, and that's how I feel like, you know, I keep saying, you know, Wonder Woman, as, as great as it is, it's, it's not my Wonder Woman. I'm fine with with the, what it is because like it you know it's still quality stuff so that's great. Maybe at some point it's going to go back to more the Wonder Woman that that I used to really like, and I'm I'm okay with with the waiting part. Same thing. So where the heck is Cassandra Kane? I'm maybe being An optimist, you know, overly optimistic that 
I think she's still going to come back at some point. Same thing with the Wally West and Stephanie Brown. I yeah, don't know what e- the problem even, is. Even so, Tony, um, she she technically hasn't been born yet. So her well, we origin no, would she be could have been born. She was grown in a vat. Uh, she's not there, there's, there's, there's no reason to say that, that she hasn't been born. I mean, we, we don't necessarily know. They've de-aged Lady Shiva, haven't they? Not necessarily. Because she since since Lady Shiva is in Nightwing number zero, spoiler. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she was active. She was already, uh, I'm assuming, uh, an established assassin at that point. Because mm-hmm. so, I was under the impression, I don't know if it was just an assumption, that because she was appearing in Nightwings 13 and 14, that she was going to be closer to Dick's age. So, like, early 20s. So, then it's like, yeah, she probably couldn't have a, a daughter who is in her late teens. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case because she's... She was around five years ago, already active. She could have had. She could still have. It's it's possible. I don't mind a five year old Cassandra who's being taught by David Kane how to read movements and can't speak. That's my Cassie. So I, the way I'm looking at it, I guess since I've been reading comics for so long, and I I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. If it takes five years for Cassandra to come back, that would suck. But I think at some point she'll come back, and hopefully it's it's not five months or five years. I'm. Mean, Hopefully more like five months or yeah. so I don't know. Who knows? Um Oh my goodness. More. <laughs> Back to X Factor two forty three. Um uh, what did Magneto mean about Susanna being the mother of his children? <gasps> was he talking and this I think I might agree with it. Was he talking about the purpose he had for her or implying that she had more children for him? Does that mean that Zaladane was Magneto's also, I didn't, didn't care for Zal- Zaladane came like out of nowhere. She was, she, I don't know who that is. You all can't see the face. You got to look, look her up. Um, <laughs> she basically appeared like in a savage land and then just like, I, I'm, she was like bad. And she's like, I'm your sister, Pol- Polaris. And yeah. Lorna was like, what? And, and she didn't, I don't think, I, I don't think she's still alive. But yeah, somehow she took over. I, I'm pretty sure she took over like the savage land from Kazar. Is it Kazar or Kazar? I always thought it was Kazar. Thought it was Kazar. Okay, that's what I said. But um, he said it. It was like looking in a mirror or something. Hmm. Or Mag. Wait, blah, 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 I think it's good. If so, then Magneto executing his own daughter is about as dark stories you can get. Oh, maybe Magneto killed Zaladane. Hmm. Um, he says it's about as dark. It makes him it makes sense though because in that story, Magneto kept commenting on how much Zaladane was like him. He said it was like looking in a mirror or something. There'd be synchronicity if it's true. The death of Anya was what began his war on humanity, and killing Zaladane was what put him back on a path after his time with the X-Men. Thoughts? He'd say, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with the storyline, so I can't really comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure Marvel doesn't care about Zaladane. <laughs> Zaladane. <laughs> like. um, number two, it was interesting that Mastermind was with Magneto. Yeah, huh? He has a number of illegitimate children himself. Um, Regan, gets Martinique, and Pixie. Was there a first brotherhood? <gasps> Magneto's plan was to conquer the planet in the early days, but mutant population was too small for that back then. Were members of his incarnation of the first brotherhood going around the world siring children as a way to bulk up the homo superior population? Nearly all the older villainous mutants from that era, like Mystique, Destiny, um, Unis. How do you say that guy? Unis, the untouchable oh, guy? Oh, boy. Unis, 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 um, etc. 
have a number of illegitimate kids all about the same age as Polaris scattered around the globe. Do you think it would be cool if there was a purpose to all that other other than them all being a bit trampy? <laughs> uh, I I don't think there's another purpose. No. I think they're all trampy. Yeah. And they, we had the first X-Men that was Magneto part? I don't think I read issue two. I, it's, it's downstairs. I don't think I did either. Oh, uh, Scarlet Spider came out this week, did it not? Or was that last week? Am I insane? I'm insane. Never mind. Um, <laughs> it says, oh, and Corey is, is also right, Sarah and G-Man. Both of really need to start picking up Age of Apocalypse. See, that this is a misconception because I we are <laughs> getting you, Age of Apocalypse. Why do you guys Apocalypse. hate Age of Apocalypse? That's all I want to know. And that's the thing. It's like I buy Age of Apocalypse every month. And then you burn it right in front of me. It's really like without reading it. Like that's just it <laughs> But this is saying really we're not even picking it up. Jerky. It, and we've talked about it before. And um, It's one of the best but unfortunately underrated books on the shelves just like X Factor. Just try out the first four issue arc in Comixology if that I've I'm buying them, dude. There was a documentary about Superman's that explained his powers from a scientific point of view. You could probably track it. Yeah, so just, I've seen There's that. There's also a book. Oh, yeah. The physics. The book's, book's okay. Yeah. The physics is, yeah. But there is a, yeah, it was, I think it was on, on the History Channel that's yeah. the, the, about Superman. Is it about an alien uh, conspiracy and how Superman is actually Super Lizard Man? No. Oh. Side note, there was an Elseworld where all the men in the universe died except Superman so the GL Corps had to pick a woman. What? <gasps> the ring chose Oracle. Wouldn't that have been cool to see in New 52? Actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to th- remember that. I remember the, <laughs> awesome, I, I remember the El- Elseworld book where... <laughs> wow. Why didn't that happen instead? Wow, <laughs> that, that, wow yeah. That Holy crap, it would have been so cool. Yeah, yeah, I could have seen that. I don't remember that Elseworld book. Because I remember when Superman became a Green Lantern. Yeah. What, sir? Why didn't this happen? That would have been, yeah. Oracle is a Green Lantern? Yes, that would have been so cool. Yeah. Robert Gordon? I could see that. Yeah. She'd be a star sapphire. She's a girl. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. She got her heart broken. Wait, 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 wait. That's man. sexist. Are you she, saying that, she got her that girls broken. can't become Green Lantern? I'm pretty sure DC's saying Because Starfire, Starfire did a wedding singer wearing the Van Halen t-shirt. Enough. Now there's girl Green Lanterns. Yeah, I know. Aliens. What's it with Kyle's girlfriend? I keep right, forgetting. Your me. argument is invalid. And there is was Arissa, the <laughs> the weird Arisia. Oh boy, that was. And there is that um, was a creepy storyline. <laughs> uh, uh, now I'm Bo- Budi- no, not Budica. Um, no, Budica. Was it? She's she one of the, the alpha. Yeah. So yeah, she was not even a Green. She was an alpha lantern. Well, she was originally a Green Lantern. Yeah, but she she elevated. Yeah, she graduated and became an alpha. Um, and to the other Irish guy. So there's two people in Ireland, not one. Oh, okay. There is a convention in October called Autocon some, somewhere in Dublin. Not the, wasn't that Snake's sidekick in Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> yes. No, Autocon? Yeah, yeah, it was him. Autocon. He made the stealth suit, which was really cool. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like, <laughs> well, you, you finish Metal Gear Solid. It's like your options, well, there's one point. You either, you can get a stealth suit. Which or you, is or you, awesome. can, you can get a bandana that gives you unlimited ammo. Which is less than awesome. Which is less stealth awesome suit. than it sounds. So, uh, it's funny, you get the stealth suit with the bad ending. But the, that that was the thing is when it was, was with um, Meryl. Yeah. You had to save her, yeah. or no? When you're being tortured. Yeah. And you had to like pound on oh. the. Oh. You had to mash the hell out of the circle button. I gave myself a blister with that game. An the, actual, the, honest to god blister. The, the coolest thing, and this is like I sh- guys so should be shut. Um, when the first time you meet Psycho Mantis, yeah, and he's like, "Put your controller down," right, and then I he makes your, your controller like, "What?" And then yeah. the video is like, "Hideo, hideo." Yeah, 
It's like, what's and going on? He reads on? your memory card for other Konami games. Yeah. You uh, like playing Azure Dreams. I like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, there, there's also three comic shops. I think we were talking about this. Three comic shops in a city, Centre. Yeah. Subcity, <laughs> Forbidden like Planet. Gone over this. And another one called Dublin City Comic Collectibles or something. Sweet. Or something like. Okay. So that was that. Um, I think we're like almost out of time. We are over time. Sam Burgess says, do you have any theories about what's going to happen to Amazing Spider-Man 700? Uh, We talked about that. He's going to die. He's going to kill. Don't know. May's going to die. Why do you think Dan Slott will have to go into hiding? Because comic book fans get really angry. (laughs) This theory, Peter will kill Alpha. Peter will get so fed up. Nah. So yeah. I think we I think we actually answered this question specifically. Maybe. This is September. 7th. I remember that being someone's theory that Peter was going to like rage and kill Alpha, which I do not think is going to happen. Yeah. Um. Okay. And, oh, there's something else I want to bring up. Uh, no, I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> um, Kevin Feige talked about the future of the Hulk. Could we see him go into space? Yeah. World War Hulk? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that, actually. Well, Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk? It'd be um, interesting. In World War Hulk? I don't think it would ever happen, but it would be interesting, or at least it won't happen for a long time. Because uh, he said... So this is an interview with MTV about the future of Hulk films. Um, he says, I don't think there is a lot we couldn't do someday as the cinematic universe continues to grow and expand and get as big as a comic book universe. Planet Hulk is a cool story, World War Hulk is a cool story. But I think there's pitfalls pitfalls of continuity overload and mythology getting so dense that it almost collapse, collapses on its in on itself. It happens every few decades or so in a comics. Apart from that, I'd say everything is on the table. I'd actually rather see Future Imperfect in a movie. Do I think Hulk can carry a movie and be as entertaining as he was in Avengers? I do believe that. I don't know what he sounds like. I do believe he absolutely could. I do like... Green eggs and ham. <laughs> we certainly are not even going to attempt that until Avengers 2, so there's a lot of time to think about it. Electric boogaloo. Um, Did he say he liked green eggs and ham? No. Was that you? I do like this. I do think that's what he said. <laughs> oh, Is there a secret villain in Man of Steel? <laughs> Apparently there's a Lego set called Superman Black Zero Escape. Who is Black Zero? Sounds more like a location. Black Zero first appeared in a... This is from Superhero Hype, because I'm reading it word for word. Black Zero first appeared in Superman comic title, The Man Who Destroyed Krypton, wherein <gasps> he revealed to Superman that he was paid to destroy his home planet of Krypton. <laughs> Will the character make the leap to the big screen for the new film? Dude, I bet you 20 bucks you can't blow up Krypton. Or was he simply a creative on, choice Bob. by Lego because they're big fans of the character? I... Uh, and there's this like picture. I don't even remember this Black Zero guy. No, no. He looks like he looks this. like resurrected Superman. Yeah, sorta. Of. <laughs> he almost, he reminds me of Vibe. Mm. Um, I think that's about it. Um, so again, Dread is out. What's <laughs> that supposed to be, Corey? That was Armand Assant. <laughs> You betrayed the law. <laughs> Sarah doesn't like that. <laughs> I tried playing that remix the other day and I didn't put my headphones on. Well, I mean, I was trying to write something. Turn it off, Tony. <laughs> Come on. 
I'm, I gave you a new voice this time, sir. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. And on that mm. note, thanks everyone for listening and submitting questions. Don't forget to tune into the Comic Vine podcast next week where we do this all over again. Woo! Same exact questions. <laughs> what idiotic reference what are, will I make next week? <laughs> what are you doing tonight, Corey? I don't feel like you're leading me to something, but I don't know. What are you doing tonight, Tony? What are you talking about? No, really? Same thing we do every night. Oh, the night, same thing Pinky. we do every night, Sarah. Try Bye, everyone. To, try to record the Comic Vine podcast. Try. Goodness. Get me out of here. <laughs>